Greetings one and all and welcome to the show. We're taking a one week break from the wonderful world of Mid-South Racing to provide a review of last night's AEW pay-per-view. Perhaps you're a fan of the promotion already and perhaps you're not and are interested in sampling. We'll stay on board and we'll give you our thoughts on AEW's first pay-per-view of 2022. With me, our regular co-host Mark Dunderdown and Dan Phillips. How are you both doing this evening? All shout at once. I am very right. well, thank you. Good. I think it's fair to say that we were all looking forward to talking about this and we've deliberately not discussed this at all prior to discussing it now. We've not sent a WhatsApp about anything. So let's go in. Let's go straight into um, the review of this show. Actually, before we do that, let's talk about what our expectations were going in. So my expectations for this show in ring were pretty high and I expected, you know, pretty high and pretty good um, offering from them. What did you think, Mark, going in? Yeah, on paper, everything was going to be good to great, um, I believed at the time. So um, that's how I went into it. Yeah, absolutely. Dan? Uh, yeah, I thought the same, good to great. I mean, they generally are. So therefore, I just sort of expect that to continue. I actually I actually think Mark should ex uh, elaborate on the fact that in the lead-up, you haven't been sort of yes, watching I did, stuff. Uh, I, think that, I think I'm intrigued about, therefore... How like I, I sort of I felt like Mark done a little bit of when you when you are on a Saturday, and this is a very English thing, but you don't look at the scores before watching match of the day. Uh, yeah, um, and then when and when it comes on, you're like, oh, I have no idea what's going on. I feel like Mark did a little bit of that, the wrestling equivalent. Yeah, I made a <laughs> conscious I made a conscious decision to not watch Dynamite or Rampage for the last couple of months, actually, leading up to the pay per view, because I thought I'd go into it in a different light to how you two go into it. It'd be, I thought it'd be interesting to see if AEW do a good job or a bad job of preparing the viewer for the big matches using whether it's video montages or promos on the night or whatever. Because the three of us usually like and dislike the same kind of things with tag team matches being the exception. So <laughs> I thought this could be an interesting experiment. Um, do it a bit differently this time around. So I've watched the odd piece here and there when I've read online about some of MJF's and Punk's promos. I watched Keith Lee's debut. But the actual stories going in, for example, Hangman and uh, Adam Cole, didn't see any of that leading into it. Uh, Moxley and Danielson, I haven't seen any of that. And I just thought, um, I'll see if I get the same enjoyment out of it as you two are or not. Indeed, it's going to be interesting as we go through this. So I was thinking about this because some of the matches didn't really have two. Some of them had some video package before, but some of them didn't. And I think there might have been some. I don't know this because again, we talked off air about this, but I haven't read very much. I've I've tried to keep my report on this show as pure as possible. Um, so AEW Revelation Revelation <laughs> that's a good start. AEW Revolution took place from the Edition Arena in Orlando, Florida. In front of a sold-out crowd of just 8,436, so quite a small building they were in. Um, and after we got the DraftKings adverts out of the way, which is their new sponsor, up first was Chris Jericho versus Eddie Kingston. And I'll let you in on a little secret. I think you might enjoy this, Mark. I'd already written down, and not I didn't know what the order was, but I'd written down guessing that the Young Bucks were going to be in the first match. So I actually had to delete that because um, I thought there's no... The Bucks on this loaded card are definitely getting out there early. 
Um, so we got Jericho versus Kingston first. Uh, Jim Ross, Excalibur, and Tony Schiavone were the commentators, and the crowd were absolutely electric for Jericho's entrance to Judas. And this made me just think more than ever that I am desperate for this UK show to happen, and hopefully this summer. But I just don't understand what the holdup is now. Just get it announced. Um, as soon as the bell rang, Kingston hit a devastating-looking half-and-half suplex, and Jericho looked to come down hard on the top of his head. And for a few moments, I was quite concerned about you know his welfare welfare here, but he seemed to be okay. Uh, crowd was behind Kingston more than they were Jericho, and Jericho had the confidence to sort of go with it and heal it a bit, giving the middle finger to the crowd. And um, I thought this match was really great. I thought Jericho's best for a long time. Uh, and after much deliberation, I was going back and forward between must watch and and very high recommend. Um, and I'm, I think I'm going kind of in between those two. After a, a number of great near falls, um, Kingston eventually won by submission with a stretch plum in 14 minutes and 18 seconds. And Jericho refused to shake Kingston's hand afterwards as per his pre-match promise. Mark, your thoughts on this opener? Um, with the entrances... Justin Roberts announced Jericho was the demo god and le champion, which I've heard a lot of times. But the on-screen graphic called him the influencer, Chris Jericho. I guess that's another new nickname he's got. I and he's also trying before. to trademark, trademark sports entertainer, apparently. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I enjoyed the start. Starting a match or starting a pay-per-view with a half Nelson suplex on top of the guy's head. I thought that was great. Um, I did note, the same as you, how Jericho gave the crowd the finger and I wondered was that an ad lib based on the reactions he was getting on the night or has Jericho turned sort of heelish during the build to the show because last time I was watching he was firmly oh, baby faced I, I made the note that he gave the middle finger when they were chanting Y2J he did it twice yeah he did it twice yeah and I thought it was I thought it was in response to don't call me that any, that's not that's not me anymore mm. that's how I viewed it because I, I just thought it was in response to Y2J. Maybe I didn't see the other midfinger. There was two, yeah. was there? Yes, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Mark, go. Um, I've never been Chris Jericho's biggest fan. I, I've criticised him a lot over the years. Um, I know Dan's a big fan. But um, I've, I've got to give him a lot of credit for last night. Um, it, I think he's the only 50-plus-year-old wrestler I can think of who doesn't wrestle like he's a special attraction sort of throwback to the days days of old. Like how Hulk Hogan, when he come back in the 2000s, he was running through the tests of strength, uh, things like that, back rake, et cetera. And Sting is used sort of that way now. But um, for Jericho, I don't think he's any different to anyone else on the, on the full-time roster, ability-wise. And I think it's very impressive. I can't think of any other 50-year-old who's achieved that in all the years I've watched American wrestling. It might be different elsewhere, but um, the crowd went insane for the walls of Jericho. I'd put that more down to the advantage of going on first when the crowd's red hot for everything, because that move hasn't had such a loud reaction for a decade or so. But it was a huge clean-as-a-whistle win for Eddie Kingston, which is great for him. But I think Jericho deserves massive credit for how he performed throughout. Yeah, so definitely. I had it as a recommend. Definitely. definitely. Uh, Daniel, over to you. Oh gosh. Um, okay, so it was. It is my favourite wrestler, but I, I'm not as over enamoured by it as you two are. Oh really? Um, no. Um, okay, let's, 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 I thought this would be an agreement. Um, so, so good. So good choice to start with this match first and foremost. Um, 
gets the crowd that must have already been pumped. I mean, they had a pre-show, didn't they? Um, which Hook was on, so I'm sure everyone, yeah. you know, that guy's got everyone on strings at the moment. Um, but um, good choice to start. Yeah, Judas getting it pumped. I also like Eddie just running down. Um, but to me, it was a... It wasn't really a wrestling match. It was just a street fight match. I, I don't really... Eddie Kingston doesn't do it for me. <laughs> like, I, pre- I appreciate the slaps. Now I've, now I've been to live wrestling. And I appreciate you two that more. I appreciate now the slaps in the corner. I used to be like, this is boring. Now I've seen them live. I realise, ow, that is, that is horrible. Um, but like, you know, Eddie's, why is he biting him? What's he biting him for? That's not wrestling. What are you biting him for? I, <laughs> I hate that. I absolutely hate that. What are you biting him for? It's not wrestling. Just pack it in. Like, I've just got here that, you know, you had uh, suplexes or, or similar stuff like that. Um, there was a bit where Eddie Kingston got a like a two count, and like Aubrey Edwards went and like consoled him. Yeah, that and, was you know, a bit strange. Started, like he was about to cry. And I was thinking, yeah, yeah. you're meant to be this rock hard street fighter guy, and you're getting a cuddle off the ref because you got a two count. Um, I, I, I just viewed it that, you know, there was a bit where Jericho done the moonsault and Eddie moved to get towards it. That annoyed me. Should already be in the right position. I just think sometimes I think Eddie Kingston, when he goes against someone of that caliber, he gets exposed and he looks like you haven't wrestled. The t- it's not his fault. I'm not blaming him, but he hasn't wrestled the top guys. And I can, and you can tell he hasn't wrestled the top guys. In my opinion, he looks to me like he's ready for GCW and I'm sure he'd smash it there uh, or a hardcore belt or something like that. It, it wasn't a wrestling match in my opinion. And I think Jericho does deserve praise for, making it at watchable. Um, I did actually make a point. When was the last time he made someone submit from the walls of Jericho? Oh, I can't I think of can't it. can't think of one, no. Right. no. However, on the other hand, I would say one thing. Eddie Kingston's submission does look like it really hurts. Yeah. I'm sorry, like, who's tapping out? Like, you can't not tap. That looked painful. I'll give him that. Um, look, for me, I thought it was all right. <laughs> um, I'm sure. It was, and, it's interesting. I'm really and also, Joey, just, just, I was just going to say, just to carry on, just to, just to finish that, great for Eddie Kingston, right? Yeah. Brilliant for him. Jericho has now uh, lost to Orange Cassidy, MJF, and Eddie Kingston. I appreciate he's getting people over, but if he carries on doing this, it means less. How, yeah. how many more people can he get over? Because all of a sudden now, it'd be like, oh, I beat Chris Jericho. Yeah, who hasn't? We've all had a go. We've all beat him. Where's he going from here? The, the only he's one lost is... to Orange Cassidy, who's a joke act. He's lost to MJF, who was originally considered a joke act. But when he lost to MJF, MJF was a bit of a joke. Right? And he's now lost to Eddie Kingston, a street fighter, who, he, who he's literally, his promos leading up to this have been, you're, rub, you're rubbish, you're a jobber, you're no good. Mm. And then he's lost to him. Where's he go? Like, soon, it, it dilutes. You can't, he's got to get a win somewhere. He's losing them all. It doesn't mean anything now. I think I just find it a bit strange that he lost, and he submitted as well. A bloke that never gives up submitted. I I think he had to lose uh, because I think I think Kingston's lost. Kingston's lost to Danielson and Punk. He hasn't had a really big win. I think I think Jericho kind of had to lose here. The only one I wouldn't have had Jericho lose to is Cassidy because I've got some issues with. We'll talk about that in the ladder match um, to come. But that's really interesting. I'm I'm very interested in in some of the stuff going forward in terms of how we how we see it each of us because because i thought this was which was really really good um, anything more on this one before we move on to the the world tag team title match 
I was just going to say um, what Dan said there about Kingston. It's such a unique thing with Eddie Kingston. I can't think of anybody else who's maybe John Cena who gets such a 50-50 reaction from fans. And it's the same reason that a lot of people like him is the same reason a lot of people don't like him, which is he doesn't look like your normal wrestler. And he's a brawler. He doesn't do a lot of technical wrestling, even though there was that amazing suplex. And I've heard people praise him for that. And I've heard people criticise him for that. Same thing. I, I'm pretty fine with Kingston. I think sometimes some of the, some of the promo... I don't work... have an issue with Eddie Kingston. I don't have an issue with Eddie Kingston. I think my issue is I felt he looked very exposed against someone of that quality. Hmm. Like, against most of that card, he's fine. But I, I know it's only little, but like, tiny things like moving so the line sort hits. They're just small little details. But is that, that okay? Like, so that's is, so annoying. Is that his fault or is that the director's fault for catching it? Because but I'd say almost everyone moves on every splash. Yeah, that's just, just one example. It's just one example. There was a thing later. All that. I know people like that, but that's just not for me. There was a thing later on in the show in the ladder match where Keith Lee was clearly holding on to the ladder during a spot, but the director did a really good job by getting it. They they caught it for a second and they got the, the shot off of it. But anyway, we'll move. We'll move on. We'll move on. I, well, actually, I'll just say one more thing about Eddie Kingston. I think he, overall, I quite like him, but sometimes I think his promos can go a little bit into the, the cheesy kind of stratosphere. And it's like, I think you need to, you need to stay away from that and stay, he's at his best when he's being more serious, I think. And like most people are, actually, to, to, to be honest. Okay, what so did you Nick, think of him uh, mentioning kayfabe on uh, Dynamite last week? Uh, to be honest, I can't even... What I, did think, he... I think the line was, I know kayfabe is dead, but we don't need to piss on its grave. Or it might have been Rampage who said that. I mean, I don't... Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I don't, don't like stuff that. like that. No, I, I didn't either. That got a really good know. reaction online. I, I want them. I don't think the words babyface or heel or anything like that should ever no. be said in, in the yeah. body of a wrestling show, ever. Um, next up, the Young Bucks versus Red Dragon versus Jurassic Express for the AEW World Tag Team titles. And I'm always interested to hear Mark's views on a Young Bucks match. So this one had some added elements of fun going in. Um, I thought this was really good. I, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a great fun match. Some incredible spots, particularly shooting star pressed by Jungle Boy, who I thought looked like a superstar throughout. Um, him and Luchasaurus retained the tag team titles with their Jurassic Express powerbomb in 18 minutes and 55 seconds. Uh, I'm going very high recommend and into must-watch category for this. And I also think the referee did an excellent job ensuring that the legal men were in, and only them at all times. Mark, over to you. Um, well, my issue with AEW tag matches, specifically Young Buck matches, as we have discussed a lot of times, um, since as far back as that crappy match they had with Hangman and Kenny at Revolution, uh, it, it's the complete wow. ignorance of the tag team rules or structure. But I've always said that in matches where traditional tag rules don't apply, such as cage matches, ladder matches, or matches against more than one team, I've always said they are great. I've seen some fantastic Young Bucks matches in PWG, Ring of Honor, of that vein. And for that reason, I thought this match was really great. Um, hey. <laughs> it, there, was, there was a nice spot early on where uh, Luchasaurus was going to dive on the four guys at ringside. They all moved around the ring post to get out of the way, and Jungle Boy come from the opposite mm. side and dived on him instead. I like that. That was creative. All six wrestlers got a chance to shine. None of them put a foot wrong. Um, Luchasaurus's hot tag was a perfect example. He, he went through his usual spots like the tail whip, the choke slams, the moonsaults on the floor. 
but O'Reilly, Fish and both young books were all in the right places at the right time and it looked great. There were, I, I did feel like there was less theatrics and heel silliness from the young books here compared to um, other pay-per-view matches I've seen since they went heel. I was keeping a speci- I was specifically keeping an eye on that actually um, because last week on being the elite, they announced that AEW were doing a show in their hometown in June near Rancho Cucamonga there, and I just had a feeling that they might turn babyface between now and then to get the big returning hero uh, ovation in June. So they, w- they weren't dressed um, silly, they weren't acting silly. Um, I do think. Your mate Dave will probably give him five or six stars, of course. I think this is going to be five stars. I wouldn't give occasion, it that. Yeah. On this occasion, I think they deserve it. So my verdict. Oh, really? Wow. Wow. Watch. You go and must watch. Just, just yeah. not that anyone's probably interested in this, but I gave this in terms of traditional ratings four and a half stars. Um, I, I, and interestingly, Mark, I actually, I actually kept an eye on the referee for probably the first half of this, and I'd say for the first half he was continued because it's a ten count in AEW rather than five in everywhere else, I think, yeah. and he was pretty consistent with doing it, and then literally at halfway just gave up. And I was like, if you're gonna do, <laughs> yeah, that sounds do like it. Him, yeah. you're gonna do it, and I can understand if they're all in the ring, you, you, it, could, it could be like just gesticulating or something, and but I mean, I've, I've got less of a problem with it overall, but I wondered if we talk about that, and it was. I was like, oh, that's odd because a lot of the stuff still would have, a 10 seconds is quite, especially like a really pronounced 10 seconds is quite a long time, but then he just doesn't, he just gives up, which I, I don't like. I think you kind of got, to, you've, only, you've kind of got to keep it going if that's your, if that's your thing, basically. My, my only comment that I noticed on the referee that I wrote down was he said for the first few minutes, he did seem to be counting permanently. The tags were mm. going so quick. Every time I noticed him, he had his hand in his egg during the number yeah. and it went on and on. But like you say, halfway through that, that's not. Daniel, um, I, I like this. I like this. <laughs> There's no controversial negative Nancy over here now. Um, where's Marco Stunt gone? Uh, that I, oh, is he doing something with music? Maybe I think perhaps I'm not 100 sure. Or is he injured? Yeah, I've heard that, and I've heard um, that the contract's running down, and it's not going to get renewed. But yeah. it's all rumours, obviously. But... Just because in the in the in the in the thing before it said Red Dragon, Young Bucks, and then it said Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, not Jurassic Express. It's only a yeah. little thing. I just wondered if it's because Marco wasn't kicking around. I mean, that's not me. I don't miss him. He can stay wherever he is. Um, for uh, for me, <laughs> I was I was looking forward to this because Red Dragon are, are quickly becoming my favourite tag team. These guys are good, aren't they? What were they like in WWE? This is for you. Great, right? yeah, NXT yeah. basically. Excellent. Yeah, these yeah. guys are. I, I think these are great. Yeah. I really like them. Like when Bobby Fish came in and he was just Bobby Fish, I thought, oh, who's this? But now he's got his tag partner there. Yeah. Oh, I'm all over him. I can't, honestly, I think they're so good. Um, so I was really excited for this and rightly so. Um, as a result, we don't need people like Brandon Cutler still there. So irritating. What's I think Brandon's there. I, I know. I know what you're saying. I think he he has got a backstage editing video role with the company now. So I, I suspect he won't be resting very much. But if yeah. my suspicion that they're on the way to turning babyface again, I think he'll be long gone because yeah, he, he wouldn't work as a babyface. No, it's painful. Um, just quickly in a freeway tag, why don't you have one member of each team in there? Don't know. I think you do sometimes. Yeah, WWE really, have done really that weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I thought it was a great match. Super kicks, flips, choke slams, because Luchasaurus was in it. It's my favourite thing about him. He, I remember when AEW first started, and I remember thinking, this guy's really good. 
I really like this guy. I think he's really underrated. He is really uh, good. Yeah, like he and he and he really mixes it up. He's like does start the your power slams and your choke slams, and then he, then he would flip out a ring. He's uh, like he's a bit like old school, like the mask and like that. But I, I really like. I think him. he's really good. Uh, yeah. A jungle boy, yeah, mate, he's just incredible. I mean, jungle boy is get, like he's him. getting so 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 good. This guy's yeah, a star. I mean, yeah, Jay, I mean Jr's in love with him, but like, I don't want to go that far. But it's it's incredible. Um, I really like the bit where the young bucks used O'Reilly to hold. Uh, I'm not sure who it was, Jungle Boy, Jungle Boy or Luchasaurus. And then they used him to hold so they could do their sort of kicked Meltzer drive. Oh, the kick thing with Bully Ray. And then they they kicked him. Yeah, he dropped his knee, so he did the tombstone. That was such a good spot. Yeah. Really good, yeah. yeah. Um, And yeah, I I, I did wonder at the end there, because I wondered why Luchasaurus kicked, um, I think it was Matt or Nick's hand. Hmm. And I was being like, oh, he's he's botched that. But he had the spray can in the hand. Yes. Yeah, did you exactly. Know, did you yeah. notice that? I yeah, noticed it, when it dropped to the it floor. It fell on the mat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. why I saw it. Yeah. So then I was like, that's quite good. Because I originally was like, oh, he's missed the kick. Um, yeah, I thought, the, I thought the the finish, like, seemed a little bit scruffy, I guess. I could, if I had have one gripe, it was a bit scruffy. Um, but... That was a big win for them. Talking about Eddie Kingston was a big win. That is massive for them guys because they, I don't know about you, but they have lost so much momentum. They won them belts and in the weekly shows, it's very, very, I don't think it's quite flat, I think. Mm. They don't really have it. There's no like, like it's they're, a good tag they're division. not necessarily the focus of the division, even though they're the champions. Yeah. 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 yeah you know, there's all that like, it's been more around the Bucks and the and Red Dragons, maybe potential feud or, you know, potential people teaming up and things like that. So they really needed that. That's a big win against two, you know, two top draw teams. So I hope that, like you say, they now become the focus of the division and not just you know, a part passing champions, if that makes sense, because the talent is there. Uh, like I've no doubt Jungle Boy is obviously going to go off on his own eventually. Um, but yeah, that was huge win. And uh, yeah, I had it as a recommend high. Excellent. Right. Uh, next up, the face of the revolution ladder match. I only caught a snippet of this preview video as I was out making a coffee and I couldn't be bothered to pause it. Um, would any of you like to fill anything in? I may have missed it because it actually looked decent from what I caught. I, I made a comment on it, not specifically what was said in it, but the, the reasoning behind it. That They're all talking about what's at stake and how important it is, but remembering last year's Revolution ladder match, uh, Scorpio Sky won it. He lost the TNT title match the following Wednesday, and that was the end of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, so they ran, to run down the participants, we had Powerhouse Hobbs, Ricky Starks, Christian, Christian Cage... Wardlow, Keith Lee, and Orange Cassidy, and they were competing for a future shot at the TNT Championship. They showed Dan Lambert and the men of the year up in the skybox and with Paige Van Zandt, and JR said that Lambert looked constipated, which appealed to my level of immaturity. Um, the thing they were trying to get was like a large gold ring, which is a little bit like a swimming pool float or something you'd, you'd give to a kid who couldn't swim very well. Um, and we touched on Orange Cassidy earlier on in the show, but his shtick really annoyed me earlier on. Basically, if he doesn't care, then why was he in the match? Why should we care about him? So the hands in the pocket stuff, the stupid kicks. I just, it's, I feel like in situations like this, he, he has to go into serious mode. Otherwise, he shouldn't be in there. There shouldn't be comedy in a ladder match, a deadly ladder match for a, title, a future title shot. 
Um, I thought this was the weakest match on the show up to this point by quite a long way. Um, while there was the odd innovative spot, we've seen so many ladder matches over the years and some of the stuff where people were waiting around for others to get back in or setting ladders up rather than trying to win was really grating. Um, Wardlow won in 17 minutes and 21 seconds after powerbombing Ricky Starks from one ladder onto another one that was laying into the middle rope, which looked a really scary spot. Um, only it was all right for me. Um, Dan, what did you think about this ladder match? Uh, right, so <laughs> my first point was that they have to grab a gold ring. What would you have? That's my question. What would you have? What would um, you put up there instead? What would you put as what could represent the face of the revolution? A clip clipboard a with a um maybe oh, a clipboard. clipboard yeah, I like that. What, like clipboard, a clipboard with a contract. contract. Yeah. yeah. You've both called it a gold ring, but it's the symbolic brass ring. You've got to reach the brass oh, ring. Yeah, okay, it. yeah, fine. Yeah. So that that's their thinking. About about I, I think it's literally as simple as that. The thing oh, have you heard the expression? Grab the brass ring. So but it wasn't brass, brass was it? Probably not, but no. I think that was the intention. It looks no, like something out of Sonic the, the Hedgehog, I thought. Yeah, so I think. I thought it, do you know what? I thought it might be to do with that, like Omega's well into like video games. But yeah, yeah ma I maybe. Know. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't really know. It just, just looks a like you've one. got Wardo, like a big man. It just gets crazy. <laughs> this massive gold ring. Look weird. Um, Keith, Keith Lee come down. He's got a good theme tune. But then they were singing what I only know the tune as Old Bobby Zamora. What are they singing to him? Oh, um, Baskin's uh, Glory. That's it, yeah. Oh, is Baskin it? is oh, Baskin oh, Baskin's Glory. All oh, right. So not Bobby Zamora, then, no. No, alas, not. Unlikely. <laughs> very, very, very niche for the American people. Googling. Um, I, I did actually have a quick. I, I, I didn't really care about Dan Lambert, but I, I did end up googling who his female guest was. Don't know why. Um, uh, Keith, Keith Lee is a massive, isn't he? Like really big. Yeah. I was looking at. I was looking at when they, the, the three of them kept squaring off, which ha seemed to happen every like two minutes at one stage. Uh, with Lee, Hobbs, and Wardlow, and like Hobbs is like a combo of Wardlow and Lee, isn't he? Like he's like middle build. It's like it's like different levels of what how much they've had to eat. Um, I liked. I did. I did quite like uh, when Keith Lee stepped. When Wardlow sort of because I'm with you on the ladders. So there's it's got so many flaws. Ladder matches at times when they're done badly, like just terrible tactics. So yes. many bad tactics in ladder matches. But I did like the bit where Keith Lee started to climb. Wardlow got in the ring and he laughed and got down. Yes. Yeah. Like what? Like the people that like keep climbing up. Like, he's going to push you off. What are you doing? Um, I like that. I mean, Orange Cassidy went to do the helicopter thing with the ladder. That works when everyone's standing oh, up. Oh, so slow. When so they're slow. all when they're already lying down. Yeah. How mm. stupid are you to get up and walk into it? That's yeah. what happened twice. I thought that was awful. So bad. He also didn't look. He had the strength to do it. Um. There were some other like okay innovations where they used each other's backs, like jumps on each other's backs, stuff like that. I mean, it's a good bit of athleticism when Orange Cassidy does the like the monkey bar. Yeah, that was really good to be fair. Like holding on, skinning the cat. We've slightly lost Dan here for a second, but hopefully we'll be back shortly. Basically, so he... Yeah, that was quite a good bit of info. We, we, lo we lost you there, Dan. Actually. So, so why don't you explain that, that spot again? 
I can't I can't actually hear you at the moment. Basically, what it what it what it was is he pulled was himself up like a Ricky Steamboat spin, skin in the cap thing. Exactly, he pulled himself on the ladder what? and then did that on the, yeah. on so the like ladder, he's hanging yeah. off the. Can you hear me now? I can hear you. Okay, carry on, carry on. So yeah, so um, yes, you had that bit, but I realised I just found out for the first time the reason Taz doesn't like Orange Cassidy is because he reckons he stole his gimmick. Uh, which is orange, <laughs> uh, which I'd never really twigged. Uh, I, I don't know if he's got a monopoly on the colour orange, but uh, strange thing. Um, look, I'm not saying it was boring, but halfway through the match, I did make a note to ask whether if either of you guys have used DraftKings. No. Have okay. you? Is it a company you can oh. use in the UK then? So is it, it must yeah, be yeah. then. Yeah. I don't know. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Do you know what it is? Uh, well, it's, it's betting, but I don't know anything more really than that. So in essence, you get like a fantasy, it's like fantasy football. So you might get like, say like if you did it on soccer, mm. you would do like pick five players. You've got a budget of say 20 million and you make a team and they get points and you enter a competition that you might have paid five quid to go in. Okay. And the top 10 people get money. I see. I um, see. And what... Um, what what stuck to me out is JR said how much he loves DraftKings. Yes, you heard him. Yeah, I did hear that. But but, but on uh, Dynamite this week, he also said he loves the Fire app. Right, he loves using the Fire app. He also, after telling us he loved using the Fire app, asked Excalibur to confirm how to spell Fire and what the web address is for. <laughs> he said, uh, but he's he's there, always yeah. on it. He's always on it. He is. Um, so I'm not sure I believe whether JR does use DraftKings, but there we go. Uh, uh, but, <clears throat> sorry. Um, yeah, look, so many dubious taxes. I mean, reaching, reaching for it too early, climbing really slowly. Like Wardlow, Wardlow knocked uh, the two big boys off of the stage. Yeah. Christian was just in the ring on his own. It panned to him. He was know, setting up three ladders. Yeah. He set up three ladders for, climbed to the top. Ridiculous. Um, also, who had a little sing-along. I don't know if any of you had a sing-along halfway through. When Wardlow come out of the ring, JR said, every step they take, every move they make, and we know the next line, gets them further away from the ladder. You yeah. know, that cl- that's a classic. That's classic. Do you remember that song? It's a good one. Sting, sting. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I sing along, but <laughs> is he? I don't know how he's going to get. I'll be watching you in there, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, so and also when Wardlow, not only is it Panther the Ring Christians like setting up three ladders, taking ages, Wardlow knocks these two blokes off the thing and then takes about 20 minutes to come back. Yeah, I know. Where's he go? He did a light jog uh, back down to the ring when Christian could have won 10 times over in that. Madness. Um, uh, there was one fortunate, unfortunate thing in this that for all the things that are rubbish, could someone just smash that down the house and... Come on, <laughs> who is it going to be? Someone put a bounty on that bloke's head. Like, what is that about? I don't understand it. Um, 2022, you don't put curses on people in wrestling anymore. Let's please stop. Um, yeah, I, I misspoke earlier, actually, about Eddie Kingston. Danhausen's another one who people either love or they hate for the <clears> same <throat> reason, because of his character. Some people love it, some people hate yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, I think with Eddie Kingston... It, Eddie Kingston, I sort of get the love I hate. Dan Harrison is one Apologies, we're having some little bit of technical difficulties there. And if you've heard some gaps in sound, that's because I've been too lazy to edit them out. So, Dan, back to you for your kind of rating and any final thoughts on this ladder match. Yeah. Well, my final thought is if anyone could put some money in my meter to 
keep my internet running so I don't keep cutting out. That'd be really helpful. Right? So <laughs> patreon.com. Um, yeah, sorry. So obviously, yeah, so we've got, you know, Dan House and all that, but I was actually waiting. I don't know if you but I was waiting for Starks to hop back up. You know, he landed on the ladder, right? He landed on the ladder, one of the ones Christian set up, I think. Yes. And I was waiting. His legs were there, and I was waiting for him to do some sort of flip back up to to knock Wardlow off. But I was actually happy he didn't because actually I thought we have got a massive pop Wardlow winning. He's completely given it. I think well, he's meant to be a. I assume he's originally he's meant to be a hill, right? But clearly he's well, he's turned himself around. Um, yes. And well, I think he. Well, I think he has just. We, no, I mean, as in from a weekly. We yeah, no, change. I know, but we, we the go, crowd we get, absolutely we're... love the Powerbomb Symphony. Yes. I, I get what you're saying, but you've ruined yeah. it. I could have just absolutely really. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but yeah, it'll be interesting because um, obviously you get the TNT title shot, don't you? So be quite interesting to see how that how that goes. I assume that will be against Sammy, but exactly with Mark, my final thoughts were given it's Wardlow and given he's had a big pop like that, please don't let that just go in the space of a week um like what mark said i hope not anyway no i mean i could could kind of maybe guess where they might end up going with that but i will i'll leave that maybe until a little bit later on um so what what was your rating on this um this ladder match dan i i've i've put it's all right to recommend because Mm. i guess i put i i quite like ladder matches even though they're silly However, I did know there is literally nothing memorable that happened. No. Mark, over to you. Uh, I, I don't like ladder matches because they're silly. Um, the, the multi-man ladder matches. Uh, and, and I'm over Orange Cassidy. I have been for a long time. So uh, I still enjoy one-on-one ladder matches because it gives the participants chance to tell a story, you know, trying to beat each other up giving themselves enough time to climb a ladder and win the match. But the Money in the Bank ladder match was invented almost 20 years ago. And this multi-man variation that we see so often just leads to guys taking it in turn to lay motionless at ringside while other guys do a ladder spot and then it's their turn and repeat the cycle. Um, it, uh, I, I pretty much checked out of this match at the point you mentioned earlier when Orange Cassidy put the ladder over his head, stood still, and everyone started running into the ladder and taking bumps. Um, there was a bit where they, um, Keith Lee, Hobbs and Wardlow were all brawling on the ramp, did the big table bump at the commentary table. That went on for three or four minutes, I believe. And there was, I, I don't know what Christian Starks and Orange Cassidy were doing in the ring at that time. You've just said um, Christian had set up a few ta- um, ladders in that, space. Wardlow stood in the corner just watching Starks climb the ladder. Um, that was weird enough as it was, but then we realised he was doing that while he was waiting for Dan Housen to come in and put a curse on Ricky Starks. And I they gave up at that point, went to the kitchen for a drink, but hmm. I heard Justin Roberts say Wardlow had won shortly after. Uh, one thing I was going to ask you two, can you tell me before the qualifier on Rampage this week, when was Christian's last AEW singles match? Well, I think you you gave this away a little bit, didn't you? Because in a message, I think, oh, uh, a week or so ago. 
But I, don't, I, I couldn't tell you exactly when it was. I was just thinking you said ago. this to us recently. Yeah, I think it was quite a long time ago, wasn't you, it? Because uh, I don't... Yeah, because Mark, didn't you mention? Because actually, you're you're right, Mark. Because I remember you, you you said something which I completely forgot that he's he's opening. I'll, I'll let you explain what you're going to say. But his his original tagline when he first arrived, which was "outwork everyone." Yeah. Um, yeah. And clearly, it's not very difficult. <laughs> Who's he outworking? <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, quite. Exactly. I don't know if he's had something he's... wrong with him, but or, or what. But yeah, it's it's, it's odd. I mean, that he's been he's, on um... TV every week as like spokesperson for Luchasaurus and. Yeah, I mean, I had a note down on my on my notes actually to say to, to you guys, because uh, in the previous match, um, what what do you think the plan is with? So I think, sorry guys, we're still having technical difficulties, but I think we're going to be sorted out from here on in. So yeah, bear with us, Mark. I think he hasn't wrestled. You did say this. I'm only I'm only rem- rem- remembering for what you said. Maybe August last year. Uh, September, September, it's the main event of All, all Out. There we go. Singles match in AEW. He's had a couple in Impact Wrestling because he was mm. their champion at that point. But um, yeah, he's done a few multi-man since then. But like I said, he's been on TV every week. So I don't know what the issue was really. Yeah, I, that's really, really strange. Um, sorry, Mike, you carry because we haven't got to your rating on this ladder match. Uh, yeah, just yeah. Uh, my verdict. I, I went with a skip. I just, the multi-man ladder match, I, I'm just sick of him. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, right, where are we? We are... Um, so, Tony Schiavone then introduced Shane Swerve Strickland for a contract signing, and this is the former Isaiah Scott, um, who was the NXT North American champion. I'm sure I've seen bits and pieces of him before, but albeit most of his NXT run came after I was regularly watching NXT and also during the pandemic. Mark, do you have any more recollections of this guy? No, exactly the same as you. I recognise the Swerve nickname from NXT, but... He started there after I'd stopped watching it, so I've never seen him before. Yeah, I'm sure I've seen a, a couple of matches of his, um, but I just, yeah, I, I hear good things about him, but I just don't, I just don't know. Dan, I'm presuming you're the same on on this guy. I have no idea who this man is. Okay, um, cool. Um, he, I, I just viewed him as a, another another middleweight addition, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's probably a fair fair. fair do, I, do I think this guy's going to challenge for the for the main belt? No. Hmm. So I, I just wrote, can't really he, get excited. He got a good reaction and his tie was crooked. Yeah. If you can have a tie on, put it on properly, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jade Cargill versus Tay, 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 Tay Conti for the TBS title up next. Someone called Kingfish played Jade Cargill out on a guitar and did a nice job. And JR said that Cargill looked like a superhero and I can't disagree. This lady looks like a megastar, um, especially she's only been wrestling for just over 12 months now. Um, albeit this one started with Jade forcing a kiss on Ty, which was very, very odd and not a spot I enjoy in any circumstances. Um, yeah. Cargill won in 6.53 with Jade. I'm just thinking, what da- what's Dan going to come up with here and thinking about the sensitivity training that we've done? <laughs> Um, Cargill won in uh, 6.53 with Jaded. I thought this match would have been fine on Dynamite, but it, uh, this wasn't needed on this pay-per-view, uh, just in the all right category for me. Um, Mark, why don't you go first with your thoughts on this one? Uh, I believe that almost all of Jade's Jade Cargill's matches and even her promos have been pre-recorded on Rampage up until now rather than on the live Dynamite. So I was interested to see how this one goes on live pay-per-view, I, I would have expected a pay-per-view debut to come against the more experienced opponent. Maybe you could get things back on track if they do go off the rails, someone like Serena Deeb, maybe. 
But um, what's not in question is Jade's aura. Her physique is tremendous. Her ring gear looked great. And she always carries herself like a true superstar. Um, I saw that kiss at the beginning uh, along the lines of when boxers or MMA fighters have done it when they're nose to nose, just to sort of yeah, yeah. insult a cheap shot to your opponent. Um, I know it wasn't the, the reaction they were intending, but I actually laughed out loud when Jade gave Anna Jay the big boot because Anna Jay was stood there facing her. She saw her. Jade turned around, gave her a big boot, and Anna Jay didn't even put her hands up. Yeah. <laughs> But I guess that spot was there to give Anna Jay the excuse to then uh, hit a chair shot and Cargill kicking out of the ensuing pin attempt made her look even stronger again. So um, her frog sp splash looked great. Not great for a first attempt. Great full stop. Um, it wasn't a bad match. There were no rookie mistakes, but I would maybe have shaved this 10-minute section off the four-hour pay-per-view and maybe done it on a heavily hyped edition of Dynamite they have, like with some Patrick's Day Slam or something. And then five of those 10 minutes could have gone um, towards using doing a proper video package for MJF Punk, which followed it instead of the 30-second one we did get. Yeah, um, my, ver agree. my verdict was uh, it was all right. Daniel. Um, so... <laughs> I've, I've I viewed the kiss the same way as Mark did. That it's uh, that it was a like a. I didn't really think of that. I, like I think a, I'm more I'm more at peace with that that yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. Perverted. Well, I I mean I didn't view um, it like that, but you, you, you carry on. <laughs> speaking of speaking of speaking of that though, uh, in this match there was one person I was jealous jealous of. Negative one. Oh, did he get a hug from? Uh, Tyler, he was up the so. front. He come out with. He, he come out with Ty and Anna Jay. Yeah, yeah. No need. Um, anyway, um, I I think Jade is... I mean, I, I rate Jade. I think she is... She's great. I mean, she's a superstar. She's built like one. Um, she's... You know, her, her promos are very direct. They're not too long. Um, you know... She, she and, 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 and rightly so, she won this. I was a little bit worried actually that she might lose, and not necessarily because I'm like a biggest fan, but I've just been like, This that would just wouldn't happen, she wouldn't lose to her. No, um, and also when she's on 28 and oh, let's be honest, it's like anything in any sport, it's going to get to at least 30, it's going to end on a round number, um, and yeah, she she sure she sort of alludes like China or a Beth Phoenix type character. Um and it leads me to wonder who beats her and and I wonder if it will be it'll be the 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 lady sitting next to to uh what's his face, Dan Lambert. Um because I think Tony Khan's actually said that she signed um to AEW on the fourth yeah. of March, I think I read on her Wikipedia. So I wonder I wonder if that's who's lined up to beat her. Um, I would keep them separate maybe. for as I long as know. possible. Yeah, I, I think keep, keep them separate. And I, I think Jade, if she carries on improving, I think you've got to set her up for the big title, I think, at some point. I, I think you carry this, especially the number of matches that they do. Like, they don't do many matches. None of them do that many matches, especially the women's. They tend, tend to have that many women's matches overall. She's had 30 matches in her life. Um, so, actually, she could carry this on doing, you know, you know, Rampage one week, Dynamite, 
10 days afterwards, whatever, for ages, for months and months and months. So I think that's probably the yeah. role for her. Um, I don't think it always necessarily has to be a bit like the Roman Reigns situation in WWE. Like people talk about, you know, who's going to be the one to beat him. I, I don't, I, I see that going, you know, you could easily do that story for another year um, and, you, and get him through Brock Lesnar and The Rock potentially next year's WrestleMania. Anyway, we, I, I, I'm not going to divest anymore in WWE. Back to you, Dan, on this one. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, as you can tell, my, my notes are mainly just sort of, I'm just more impressed by her. In regards to the match, it was it was a nothing for me. Uh, skip. I mean, you both called it. There's no harm in it. It needed to be done. Ty Conti was the next person in line. You know, probably does deserve it, but it doesn't need to be on a pay-per-view. No, definitely not. Um, but, however, you've, got, you've also got to remember at previous pay-per-views, they've had a lot of criticism for the lack of women's matches. So, you know, no, you can't have it both ways. No, I think the show overall was was too long, and I, and, I, and I didn't watch the pre-show, but I do think that has some bearing on the stuff that happens later. But speaking of later, up next, many people's kind of main event, the things they're looking forward to the most, CM Punk and MGF have got a lot of praise for their, their overall angle. Um, I've not been as fond of it as, as many people have been, but that this was the match, Punk versus MJF, dog collar, and Punk's music hit for a bit and then it cut out for MJF's entrance. <clears throat> and then we got an ultra dramatic CM Punk entrance, not to Cult of Personality, and instead to, and I'm going to butcher this, Miseria Cantare, The Beginning by AFI, which he previously used in Ring of Honor. I didn't know, I couldn't remember this at all, Mark. Did this, did this, uh, did you catch on here in terms of what this was? Yes. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. I've got a lot in my notes. I'll, I'll get to that. So I'd, I'd, I've got a punk DVD, but I probably haven't watched it for three years. And I'm not sure on those how much they left the entrances. I'm not too sure. You probably will know that, but we'll get that to, to, when we come to you. And Punk was in long MMA-style white shorts in a, in a very similar outfit that, than he wore. I've seen some pictures of him. I'm not sure what event it was. But yeah, this was, this was a fantastic entrance. Um, and punk, so basically going into the match, I've got quite a lot more notes than I normally would have on this. Uh, in terms of matches. So Punk was busted open at five minutes and MJF went outside and screamed, give me the effing mic, but not the censored version. And he screamed at Punk to quit and Punk responded by inviting him to eat shit. Um, the crowd had got a little bit quiet before this microphone work and this got them back in and we got an eat shit, <laughs> eat shit, whoop, whoop, chart, which I enjoyed. Um, there was a shining wizard by Punk with a chain wrapped around his knee at 12 minutes and 40 seconds. And MJF disappeared under the ring and came out busted open and i wonder what on earth he could have been doing under there and fans chanted you deserve it at 20 minutes mjf dropped a bag of thumbtacks all over the middle of the ring and the two went back and forth teasing who would get dropped into them punk then got mjf in the corner to set up the pepsi plunge from the top rope but couldn't execute it and this finally led to a superplex into the tax on punk in which he landed mainly legs and rear end first rather than full back at this time the dog collar became detached from mjf but I didn't see how. And then MJF called for Wardlow as the referee reattached the dog collar. So I'm presuming that was obviously not meant to happen. Wardlow then came out and MJF asked for the, the um, dynamite diamond ring. But Wardlow said he didn't have it, sort of acted that he was looking in his pockets and couldn't find it. Um, Punk then hit the GTS and MJF did a great bump into the tax. Wardlow then found the ring and left it in front of Punk to a huge reaction from the crowd as he walked off. So I think this is the babyface turn of Wardlow. Punk pulled MJF to his feet with the chain. 
MJF spat in his face and then Punk drilled him with the ring to win in 26 minutes and 32 seconds. The way this was set out, they were absolutely going for an epic grudge match style, you know, finish to their feud. However, I do think this would have been better if they'd gone maybe five, 10 minutes less and had a faster pace near the beginning. Still, this sneaks into the recommend category for me, and I'm very interested in what comes next with Wardlow and MJF. I suspect MJF will cost Wardlow that TNT title. Um, Dan, what did you think of the dog collar match? Yeah, um, what, just first and foremost, what are your two going into it? Thoughts on dog collar matches in general? Uh, as two people's opinions I respect. Uh, what are your thoughts on them type of matches? Mark, you, you jump in here. Um, I've seen good ones and bad ones, same as every other match type, really. You don't see it very often. Um, so with it only coming around literally once every few years, you've got time to to plan out some cool-looking spots and what have you. I, I think the match type in a serious grudge match like this one was, I think it's a decent choice of uh, stipulation. Yeah, the only one I can really think of is Brody Lee and Cody, which I enjoyed. I can't, I can't, I'm sure, I can't think of two. I'm sure that did JBL and Eddie Guerrero do one? Yeah, I think. They did. Oh, it might have been a strap match. Strap match, yeah, yeah. Strap match is, is kind There's of similar. The famous one um, from the 80s between Randy Roddy Piper and Greg the Hammer Valentine was a Was that Starcade? Uh, it might have been Starcade 83. Yeah, I think I've seen that, but I haven't seen that for probably and nearly that 20 put years. Both of them on, on the map that elevated them at the time. I, yeah. I, I, yeah, sorry, Dan. Go, go, uh, back over to you. I'm just, I was just the, the the logic of it makes sense, right? So it's, there's nowhere to hide. The, like you know, the chain's got to hurt. Yeah, it's just, you yeah. know, there's no when you're getting whacked with that chain. It's, it's there's no hiding that, right? That's a, it's a proper chain. Um, yeah. You can hear it all the way through the match as well. Um, look, this, for this, I've really enjoyed the build up. Um, MJF's a great heel. Actually, do you know what it did? It did this match did do actually. It reminded me about how and how frustrating I'm getting with the commentary team in some respects when you've just gone all baby face, I guess, commentary team. Um, you didn't have that sort of pro MJF angle, which I quite like. Um, you know, they get quite deep the commentary team on like, oh, he's a piece of shit or, you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. about MJF constantly. And it's, I actually, I find that quite boring. And when I've been watching old, you know, we all look at, you know, listen, watch the network, WWF network or WWE network, sorry, and things like that. Jerry the King or whatever, you know, different people. It's funny because it frustrates you and you're like, oh, he's, he's sided with him. And mm. I don't know, it's really great. It really does great on me. Um, Tony Giovanni's the worst. He's so cliche and like, you know, they, they, I, I don't know. They just, something needs to change there. It's, it's, it's starting to, it's very P, very PC. Even as recently as last year, they had Don Callis during Kenny Omega matches, and I thought he was really refreshing. Yeah. And he added a lot to it. Don Callis yeah. is superb on commentary. He was so good in the New Japan stuff with Omega as well. Like it was just him and Kevin Kelly. And in all stuff, actually, because he was the regular commentator, he's wonderful. Um, and he was on the he was on the buy-in actually tonight, which I read art about afterwards. And they played Omega's music and he didn't come out. I mean, crikey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not good. Anyway, Dan, sorry, back to you on this match. Well, um, I mean, Taz, Taz does an all right job actually at Rampage. Maybe get him a little bit more, I don't know. Um yeah, I I I I liked how how the, the match panned out, how the utilizing the chain, you know, not just it's not just a normal wrestling match, drag dragging MJF around, um, chaining up his knee. 
got some, certainly got some iconic. There was a lot of times I was a bit like, oh, they're, they're po- the minute the blood come, it's like they know that they're going to get some iconic images, if that makes sense. So yeah. I could see like he's pulled for effect there. I mean, I don't know if I cut blade at the top of my head, if I'd bleed as much as CM Punk does. That is some I think serious blood. Punk is, a, is a heavy bleeder. I, I think you'd be surprised. They probably, I, I remember I walked into the door frame at Christmas because um, I was desperate to get more quality street or roses. And I only had a little, like a tiny little graze, but I, I, I had blood running down. Like, I'd obviously hadn't, hadn't cut myself for a razor, but I had blood running down my nose from like a, just a, like not, even not even that sharp. So if you think you're properly cutting yourself, there's a lot of stuff going yeah. on up here, isn't there? So okay. the rumor I always heard was, um, if you take a lot of paracetamol, it thins your blood, so it comes out thins a lot it, yeah. more yeah. from a small cut. Yeah. Um, the tricks of the trade. And obviously, you Don't know... do that he, at home, he, listeners. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and obviously, he caught MJF with the sort of chained-up knee, um, which gave MJF an ample amount of time to, as you put quickly roll under the ring and do whatever he needed to do. Yeah. Um, not, not the most subtle blade I've ever seen in my life. Um, I would say one thing, though, if anything would have hurt, the tombstone on the apron, I watched that back in slow motion. I thought MJF's head had cracked, gone back. Mm. I mean, I, oh, I thought, like, so I thought he was going to drop him from the, go from the apron to the floor. Yeah. Um, which I don't think I've seen done before. Maybe you two probably have, but... Because I suspect that's quite a hard thing to control. Yeah, I can't but think of God, he looked like his head yeah. snapped back. Um, so, yeah, that looked bad enough. Um, talking of sort of bleeding and stuff, do you think the wrestling industry is keeping the thumbtack industry going? <laughs> Who uses thumbtacks? I don't know, yeah. It's, in, in that quantity, like, definitely. Yeah, like, I don't know anyone that uses them nowadays. I think at W. Um, Smith, you could only buy them in, like, 10 or 20 in a pack. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and and I'll tell you who who will who isn't the biggest fan of thumbtacks now, the referee. Yeah, poor bloke. That first time where he went done the free count, and I tell you what, of all them different s- spots in this match, all the blood, all that tombstone, the bit I went oh was when he hit that free count and he held his hand and he held his hand like ah, Imagine that's the one bit of the whole pin. show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole show. That's the bit I went. Oh, God, that is so uh, painful. Oh, I feel that. <laughs> so I'm not really sure that's the point, but that's the bit I really I really felt for him. Because he'd done it about three times. Yeah. Because they were everywhere. Um, yeah, uh, the Pepsi Plunge. That is the ultimate product placement, isn't it? That is. Wait, that yeah. Is, uh, it's because he, Punk is a bit covered up now, but he's got a Pepsi tattoo on his arms. It's like a no, it's still straight there. edge thing. It's still yeah. There. yeah. Yeah. It's still there. Why is Pepsi straight edge? Because there's no sugar. I don't know. I don't know why why it was Pepsi. I guess that, you, Mark, you probably know more than me on that. That's just I think he's done some people said, "What's the meaning behind the Pepsi tattoo?" He says, "I like Pepsi." Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, what is the Pepsi plunge? Because he didn't actually do it, did he? It's, pe- it's a pedigree, isn't it? Yeah, top rope pedigree. Yeah. Ah, right. Because um, I remember, it, did he break one out on um, in their first match on Impact? I think he's done one this year. I didn't see it, but I read about it. And okay. across online. People were immediately speculating. Oh, he's technically just shot it. Uh, I think he. I'm not sure. I thought he went for it, but didn't get it. I right. think. But it was his finishing move for years and years before WWE. Yeah. I think newer viewers think it was a it was a cheap shot. Um, I guess my my last thing on this is, I felt as the match went on, the crowd got quite flat, 
And that's something that I will begin to comment on a little bit more as we go on. I think we're on the same page, Daniel. Um, They got quite flat. And actually, it took Wardlow and the thumbtacks to get them excited. The thumbtacks come out, they got excited. Wardlow, doing his acting, got them excited. Um, And I'm just bringing it up now because I might start talking a little bit more about the crowd. And if you are listening to this and you were there, we can have a little debate about that later on as this show, as this podcast goes on. Well, who's um, the, well we're going to talk about who's to blame in that in, in later on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I've got my opinions on that. Um, what a strike to win it though. He, like, they really sold that punch with yeah. the, with the ring on. I really like that. Um, I guess my last things on it was, I don't know if you noticed, but punk, I, I, I put down a bit like I've done for Jericho, like, like what are your thoughts on what's next for these two? Um, However, I did notice that when Punk got onto the turnbuckle, he started doing the sort of indicating a belt. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be one of them. And I suspect it's going to be a Wardlow, MJF, Punk, TNT Championship thing. Maybe. I don't know. No, I think but- Punk's going up. I think MJF and Wardlow are separate from this now. I think Punk Punk will probably have yeah. an interim. I, I hope that, by the way. I yeah. hope that. I think Punk will have an yeah, interview with that. someone, but if they they've got to get Punk, you've you've got to do Punk versus Page and the Omega on pay per view, and I think whatever way you get there to do that, that has to happen. Um, and I yeah, yeah, I think I think they should expand. But he's clearly he's clearly for him to go up and do that thing. I mean, he'll know where he's going. He'll know. Yeah. He'll know. So yeah. that 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 actually of all the thing that left me like here we go now. Yeah. Now business has picked up. Um, I've got it down as a firm recommend. Yeah. Good stuff. Mark, what did you think of this one? Um, like I mentioned earlier, I was disappointed we didn't get a proper hype video before the match. I know how much people have been raving about how good the promos were and the beatdown segments leading into it. We just saw sort of a 30-second snapshot of all that. Um, with the cult of personality fake-out for MJF sentence, at that point, I just knew who he was walking. Um, as he was walking down the ramp, Punk was going to use his old AFI um, song, his old Ring of Honor theme music. What I wasn't expecting, however, was the Ring of Honor era tracksuit top and baggy shorts. I I, I, I really enjoyed seeing that. Um, I'm just holding. Steve mentioned earlier. I'm just holding up at the screen. Uh, his Ring of Honor farewell was where you may, might have seen that. Oh yeah, um, yeah. tracksuit and shorts before. It was, yeah, I've seen a lot of that doing rounds. I, I actually had, I forgot, I, I did have a note on here to say to ask Mark more about. Um, I was interested in about Mark. Mark, your thoughts on what, what was what was he like in Ring of It was was that was that a case of you could you were like, well, this guy's good. Yeah, like, you might not have thought of, that. I don't know. Like, what, what were you thinking? Were you like, yeah, okay, I can see this in guy's a few going. years time, if WWE actually go with this guy. I can't remember 2004. Well, 2004, Eddie Guerrero was champion, so I thought maybe someone punk size, knowing what a good talker he was, knowing what a good worker he was, I had a feeling he was going to be a big thing, and it, it almost didn't happen. If you've seen his WWE DVD, the first year in developmental, they didn't really know what they had with him, I don't think. Um, I, I, I think some of his work in 2004 and 2005, wrestling against Samoa Joe, Jimmy Rave and Austin Aries, people like that. It was as good, if not better, than his 2011-2012 WWE run, in my opinion. So I was massively on board, hearing the old music, seeing the old entrance gear. Um, 
we spoke earlier about MJF um, going under the ring. Uh, I did see Punk take a blade out of his mouth right before he started bleeding. Uh, I've read for years how wrestlers used to do that, but it seems like an insane risk to me to have yeah. it in your mouth. But, that's a great yeah. spot. That is a great... And, um, I'm, actually, that's, I'm definitely going back to look at that. That's a great yeah, spot. Yeah, you, you can clearly see that on camera, but I say having having it in your mouth is a massive risk, but then again, the alternative is to have it in your wrist tape millimetres away from one of your main arteries, so that's pretty risky as well. Um, I thought everything they did was fine. I didn't feel emotionally invested throughout. I felt like it went from a fairly lively beginning where MJF was trying to run away and Punk was pulling him back. I liked that. And then within a couple of minutes, they were at the stage where they can both barely stand and that transition went a bit too quick for me and, and it made the last few minutes of the match drag, I thought, until Wardlow come out. I did really like the Wardlow spot. It was excellent the way it happened. The crowd loved it as well. Um, so for my verdict, I went back and forth between it was all right and recommend, but because it's something very different from anything, everything else on this show, I will say it's a recommend. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think the crowd is going to play a big part in the remainder of this show um, because I, I I think the crowd wasn't quite wasn't quite there and they should have been. And I think the match was good enough for them to have been. And we'll talk about, you know, why were the crowd not there as, as we go forward? Um, next up, we have Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa for the AW Women's World title. And Baker had a new women's world title belt. What did you both think of this? Mark, you go first. Oh, it's quite nice. Um, yeah, I like the design of it. Yeah. Pretty good. It's very IWGP heavyweight, the last one combined with North American title and a smaller version of the, of the men's belt. I, I did really like it. What did you think of it, Dan? Uh, it was a new belt. I hadn't twigged that. I, the, 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 the reason I noticed it was I thought it looked quite rigid. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like, like, it, hadn't been, like it hadn't been worn before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it um, had been, yeah. I just thought, yeah, I did think that looks bigger than what I'd seen. And then I was like, oh, it looks a bit like plastic or whatever. But, I mean, the design was good in itself. But, okay, that makes sense. It's not something I... I mean, again, we don't need to keep repeating it, but I will. It's not a division I really look, watch too much of. <laughs> well, in, in, the so main, I, in the main event, JR yeah, thought that they had a new men's belt as well, and he asked Excalibur, and Excalibur was like really <laughs> exasperated. He's like, no, no, that's just the world title belt. But J, JR's giving his due, actually, to be fair. It's like, oh, it, it must have, like, it's, they've really shined it up really nicely. So JR is the perfect come at, comeback out of that. But he is funny sometimes because he he just occasionally like I li- I don't listen to his podcast super religiously, but Jr. is a really interesting character because I get the impression that Jr. is like an, a party boy, went out with all the boys all the time. He used to go out, go out Ric Flair all the time, like a real kind of man's man lad kind of thing. I know that's probably you know not something that. Not in a bad way, in a, in a good way, like a you know someone that gets on with people and likes to go out. Um, but he and sometimes he just slips into cantankerous Jr. Well, I'll say what I want, and he he did say that in the tag match. I think I think the line in the tag match was something like because there's only supposed to be two people in there. So I, there's a lot of people in the ring at the moment, isn't there, or something like that? Because <laughs> obviously he wants the rules to be enforced, and I think it, it's it, I still enjoy I still enjoy Jr. I think he's a fascinating character. Um, something I didn't enjoy as much was this match. Um, so Rosa looked to have Baker pinned at 14 minutes and 40 seconds of the tombstone, albeit Rebel, um, who's out there with Jamie Hayter, distracted the referee. At 15:30, with the referee still distracted, Baker hit a t- hit the curb stomp onto the new title belt, but Rosa kicked out. 
Baker went for the lock jaw, but Rosa reversed it into her own version briefly. Rosa then got the then got the straight jacked on, straight jacket on, and Baker tapped. But again, the referee was distracted by Rebel. JR said it was an atrocity, and this is what I'm talking about, which I agreed with. Uh, Rosa then hit a spear onto Rebel through the middle rope uh, to the outside, which looked great, albeit very dangerous. Rosa got back into the ring, and Baker hit a normal curb stomp. And that was enough to pin Rosa in 1720. So she kicked out of the one early one on a, on a bell, but didn't kick out one in the ring. I thought this was an overbooked mess that was too long and in an absolute death spot on this card. There was no need for Rose to kick out of the earlier move on the belt if that was going to be the finish uh, later on just into the ring. Skip for me. The two worked hard, but it never clicked. The crowd was not into it at all and the creative was a mess. Mark, over to you. Um. It, it felt odd that Paul Turner was the referee for this one. It was just two matches in a row he refereed. And as we mentioned, he'd had a bit of an ordeal with drawing pins in that previous mm. one. It doesn't happen often. Um, it's maybe a controversial opinion. I'd like to hear you two's thoughts on it. But I think Brit's title reign overall has been a bit of a letdown. Knowing how leading into her beating Sheeda a year ago to win the title, it did feel like she was a star on the rise with potential to main event pay-per-views. Um, but I think a distinct lack of credible challengers has led to a series of mediocre matches. And I don't think she feels like as big a deal now as she did a year ago. Um, I don't disagree, yeah. 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 They, they brought up on commentary more than once um, Britt Baker having two managers on opposite sides of the ring. That must violate some kind of rule. It, it, it seemed odd like there's going to be more interference than normal with that setup. Um, I did love uh, Thunder Rose's spear through the ropes to the floor on Rebel. That looked fantastic. Uh, but as soon as she'd taken out both managers, I knew as soon as she got in the ring, the end was nigh and she took the curb stomp and got pinned. Um, I think the women's division desperately needs something. I don't know exactly what, but Ruby Soho was their biggest signing over the past year and She'd already lost to Britt Baker in her first month with the company. Um, nobody else since then, besides Britt, feel, feels like they have any momentum at all. So uh, for me, it was a, um, it was all right. I didn't go as far as a skip, um, but yeah, not not a highlight of the show. I'll tell you what I think they need um, if they've got the, you know, it's difficult because they where I'm going with this, they need a working arrangement with Stardom. The parent company is the same as New Japan, which they've got a working relationship with already. There are girls in Stardom. I mean, this, this is Stardom at the moment is every single pay-per-view. I pretty much watch every single pay-per-view. I don't watch their arena shows. So, you know, their, their schedule is a bit like have a few kind of house shows, if you like, and then they have a big pay-per-view. So you have a pay-per-view every six weeks or so. The pay-per-views are phenomenal. You get like an opener. It's like a four-star match. It's like every single match is incredible. They all work different styles. It's just so, so good. And also the other thing that's really good for me is I'm not burnt out on any of them because I haven't seen every combination of match between them. But there's girls in um, in stardom that could come in for you know six weeks, raise their profile, which would be good for stardom as well because they could get back to potentially running shows in the States. I mean, this, this is this is Baker and Rosa are, are fine. They're fine wrestlers, but this is in a different stratosphere. Some of the women, the women in stardom are some of the best wrestlers in the world period not just women's wrestlers they are out of this world good um and this is just the women's division just isn't clicking um uh dan i can i suspect yours probably gonna be a skip here but i don't want to put words in your mouth whoa 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 hang on hang on hang <laughs> on it's, uh, 
let me just let me just let me just confirm why you're 100 correct um <laughs> so you mentioned earlier on about them not having many matches oh if you notice when they walked out thunder rose had 51 wins right yeah, her, her record is 51 7 and brits had 41 wins 41 20 so they've had 58 and 61 matches each that's a lot i suppose they've both been around um, since the start ish of AEW, they I, I don't know how when Rosa. I was just very surprised by that. Under Rosa by that wasn't under contract until very recently. Or was she? She'd been working without a contract, so that oh, is a lot yeah. of matches for someone who, who doesn't technically work for you. She's done. Lo- I'm just looking at her cage match. She's done loads and loads of stuff on dark, like dark. literally loads. Like yeah. there's literally there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 13, 14, 15, 15 matches on dark with one on dynamite in between. So it's just like, yeah, she's just like, I guess they do a load. Right. Of, they're all short. They're all under five minutes. So I'm guessing she's there for a taping and they do load, a load of squash matches with her. But yeah, she's just, she's done like, she's done 61 uh, matches in AEW now. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, oh, right, she's done a bit more. So I know it's, um, I know it's the Paul Turner thing. There's a new ring mat as well. They must've done that. Pretty quickly, fair play. Um, the crowd. Okay, so they just weren't into this. Neither was I, but you could hear the ref talking. Yeah. Let's leave. Let's wrestlers. leave the crowd. That's the crowd, how quiet it was. Let's leave the crowd chat until the end of the next match because I think this is this is the most important one related to the crowd. So we'll, uh, I'll, uh, um, I'll I'll pause that on that okay. one. But you carry on, Dan. I would say there was one move that uh, it was called the Avalanche Air Raid Crash. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. catchy title, but it's pretty impressive off the top rope. I quite like that. Yeah. Um, I actually made a note that I didn't like that. I, I, oh, really? So it's a good, quite good. What I saw on camera was Thunder Rosa carefully standing as still as she could so that Britt could put her in position in, in a, in yeah, a that's fight. A fair You're going to be struggling, aren't you? But yeah, they were that's so a fair careful point. not to hurt each other. I, I, I didn't yeah, like that. That's fair. That's fair. I get. I give you that. That actually happened There's somewhere later on in the, one of the men's match, not just to pick a woman that, that something similar happens, which I'll I'll mention. But I get that point. Um, that when the belt come in, the the ref the ref was distracted because he was checking on Rebel. Yeah. Yeah. Why is he checking? On, why is he checking on her? She's not in the match. He was yeah. checking to see if she was okay. What are you doing? <laughs> like that is so ridiculous. Like if you want to distract him. That's not how you do it. I, that re- that really annoyed me. That because it's like that's not no. What are you doing? If you completely let yourself down there. Maybe it was Anderson, and I don't know. Um, I had to skip. I've already said too much. This has already taken up too much of this podcast time, let alone the pay per view. Well, let's let's get on to something that I was very much looking forward to. And this is the match that I was looking forward to the most going in, and that's Brian Danielson versus John Moxley. I listened to two hours of Brian Danielson when I was uh, sitting in a car yesterday on the way back from a trip. Um, and it was just a brilliant, brilliant interview. Um, and I was really, really looking forward to this match. Um, and these guys, though, were in a difficult spot. They started at the two and a half hour mark of pay-per-view plus an hour of pre-show. Um, and I just thought, where is this crowd? This crowd was not there after the entrance at all. And both men were bleeding after a series of headbutts on the outside at 12 minutes and 30 seconds. Uh, and this match infuriated me because I thought what was happening in the ring was really, really high-level stuff. And the crowd wasn't even as good as a Japanese clap crowd are in terms of they can't cheer or boo, but at least they will get into something at a high level. But this crowd was not there. 
And I, I, and for me, this is what you get, I think, when you have such a long pre-show um, and you fiddle about with a traditional match order in terms of having stuff later in the show that has less of a chance of getting over, plus the wretched creative in that match before. Um, I just don't get it. I thought this match, the, what was happening in the match was really, really, really top-level stuff, but it didn't feel like it because the crowd was dead. Um, Brian had Moxie in a triangle choke for a long time and was landing lots of forearms and strikes, and it looked like Moxie was going out. Moxie then reversed it into a cradle-type pin, kind of similar to the Shawn Michaels Triple H finish at SummerSlam 2002, if you remember that, but not exactly the same. And he won in 20 minutes, 21 minutes and seven seconds. Um, Brian disputed the fall with the referee, uh, and then him and Moxie started fighting until William Regal appeared to a huge reaction, and he separated them. He slapped both men, head-butted Moxley, and got his own head covered in blood, uh, I played Peacemaker, and eventually the two shook hands to a huge pop. Um, overall, from start to finish of the post-match angle, this was a recommend for me. But the match itself, had the crowd been in it, I think, I, unless, I'm, unless I'm imagining this, I thought the match was like must-watch in terms of it, it, the presentation. It wasn't because of the crowd. I thought what they did was like five-star category with like a minus five-star crowd. Um, Mark, what do you think of this? I didn't like it as much as you. Um Certainly, you, you couldn't miss the, the lack of crowd uh, noise, and that definitely hurt it. I was thinking I, I couldn't put my finger on why it didn't click for me. Um, maybe it was the clash of styles. Um, Danielson versus Omega last year was an absolute masterpiece, but that was two technical wrestlers exchanging holds. Moxley's brawling style works great against some opponents, but it felt like neither of them got to work to their strengths last night, I thought. Um, after the um, oh, there was the clash of heads at ringside. I thought it was accidental. It looked so good until they showed a replay of it, and then you can clearly see Moxley pulling a blade from his wrist tape. Um, so that was a pre-planned spot, I assume. And then back in the ring, Danielson bladed on camera too. So that was the third time tonight I, I noticed uh, fully on camera. Um, but not only that, I didn't think this match needed blood, in my opinion. Mm. I don't think. Um, it, it added anything and uh, if anything it diluted the effectiveness of what had gone on previously um, I think they only did it because they said we, if we're going to team together we need to bleed together but the promotion does too I, much blood I, I, did, I missed that right yeah the, the, but the, I, did, I agree the promotion do, when you've got blood on dynamite you know probably one week and three one week and four like Adam Page even tweet, tweeted a few weeks ago I'm sick of bleeding every week and it's yeah. like what Blood, blood should be used sparingly. New Japan doesn't do blood, right? So, and in terms of like my taste and hard hitting matches, the last five years you could pick loads of incredible hard hitting New Japan, and they didn't need to do it. So AEW doesn't need to go so far with everything. You can do this match without promising that and without blood, hundred percent. Yeah, uh, I mean the the crowd did pop seeing Moxley's crimson mask, but. That they went silent again fairly soon afterwards. Mm. Um, it it didn't look to me like Danielson's shoulders were down for the finish, and I think the fact that they didn't show a replay confirms that. I, yeah. I, I think they would have shown it if it was a clean finish. Um, I was thinking immediately after the match that following this 20-plus minute match, I don't really need to see them carry on with rematches. Maybe that was the end of it. But uh, Regal turning up turned that totally on its head for me. Uh, you know, possibility of him managing his old protege, Brian Danielson, 
or whether he's going to unite them both and have them team up like the commentator suggested. I'm very interested now into what comes next for these two. Um, it was nice to see. I guess he's got the copyright to the name. I wasn't expecting to be called William Regal. Uh, that was a surprise. And my verdict for the match was it was all right. Daniel, over to you. Um, I think, Mark, you might have answered this question without knowing you have, because I, <clears throat> I put about the promo. I was going to ask you if it made sense. And actually thinking about it, it obviously didn't do enough. So, for example, there's a few things you've sort of gone, really get why that was there, or like, you know, the bleeding bit. I'm completely with you. I put the, there was no need for that blood. None at all. But that it had, there had to be blood because mm -hmm. of the lead up. Um, you mentioned there about you mentioned there about the end. The whole point of this was that they bleed together to be together. It's because they're going to be a tag team. But what I'm saying is I don't blame you either. The promo was nowhere near good enough for what it needed to be. And exactly what you said, Steve, about, you know, this is taking place after two and a half hours or whatever. Um, put a promo on, on the screens, get the crowd back going, oh yeah, this mean, God, this means something. There's nothing on the line, but this, you know, we could see some real big things from this, like on the back of this match or during this match and get them going. Um, I mean, I don't know what would have got this crowd going, to be honest. I mean, I think, you know, okay, I'll let them off. It was two and a half hours. Um, I still, it's 8,000, just less than 8,500. You're privileged to be there. Three and a half hours, really, with I, the pre-show. But I do, I, I completely agree with you. Yeah. I, I can't see why you weren't the, into this. There's 8,500 people there. You're privileged to be there. Yeah. Make some noise. You know, if, you, if, you're bored, if you're bored of what you've been put on so far, or you're, you went into it, then don't go. Mm. I don't think it's for you. Next time it's there, don't bother. Get some like, seriously, any, yeah. anyone was there, don't bother. Don't bother coming, because it's not <laughs> for you. Um, do you know what I mean you don't, some people you've got like you know also you paid the money for the ticket like come on like get get involved like it's, it's unacceptable I appreciate you quite be like I'll just stand at this or how the card was put on get you're there to enjoy yourself enjoy yourself do you know what I mean like and all jokes aside two and a half hours in there'll be some of them must have had about ten pints <laughs> get involved maybe they hadn't like, had enough actually, I mean? like, Dan, maybe I just, I don't understand. I, 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 and it kills it. And this is two elite wrestlers. Is it, and this is what, this alludes to what I was get, trying to get at at the earlier match. This is levels up from that first match. Kingston Jericho. And the These two stuff, yeah. are two elite wrestlers and they wrestled like two elite wrestlers. Not street fighters, wrestlers. This makes that match if you compare the two and what happens and the technical stuff that goes on, this is miles better, right? But that went first, so it had the crowd behind it. And that is why this didn't, some people won't grade it as high because the crowd make the difference. And I don't think it's anything to do with the wrestlers and, and it don't think it's their fault. The promo before wasn't good enough for anyone that was a, not, you know, just buys a ticket because the wrestling's in town and don't really watch. You know, the the whatever the, the crowd just weren't there and, I, and and sometimes it is the match quality but this crowd something happened i don't know what but if you only want to watch a two-hour show go to the house show don't go to a pay-per-view don't bother TV, yeah. like literally yeah. I'm, i can't bear it it's the same way i had this i had the same issue i always remember when we reviewed i think one of the first pay-per-views out um after covid 
and we crit or might be even doing a dynamite after COVID and the crowd was flat very quickly. Mm. And I remember us saying, you are so lucky to be there. Yeah. yeah. And yet you're acting like, whatever, I'll see this all the time. You don't, you never know what's around the corner. You might not be able to go again. Enjoy yourself. I just don't get it. It's not like there was 50, there weren't 50,000 people there. There was eight, less than eight and a half thousand. That's nothing. Right. The thing sells out in minutes. Like, uh, there's no excuse for it. It's, it. it's really angered me. And, and as a result, you got, you know, it's like, look, yes, did it have something? Did there need to be blood? No. But whatever, you know, but, oh, I'm still angry about this. But like, th- there was one little bit, though, can I just add? Change attack. Oh, bit. JR just went, Tony, what are you doing? <laughs> I don't know if you heard. <laughs> yeah, I did. And, and when he said that, when he said that, both wrestlers were just on the mat. And Tony Shrani went, oh, um, oh, just out my seat. Yeah, that's how slow answer the question, Tony. What, what are you doing? I don't Who knows? Who knows? I think he probably um, maybe rolled forward in his chair or something about to fall out of it or something. JR couldn't leave it alone. But it goes back to what you said about JR. The guy just... But the guy just says whatever, like yeah, I just get through with generally just thinking, yeah, what, like, are, you what doing? are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I didn't see where that pin come from, to be fair. That threw me completely. Mm. Um, probably because he wasn't pinned down. So that's probably why I was a little confused. Um, I wondered why it was a bit of a weird finish like that, but then William Regal come out made sense because a bit like I said before, the finish of that match didn't matter. Doesn't matter because the, the angle is that that's going to be that's, that's your next tag team yeah. champions there. I think tag that's team the angle. The finish that match, match didn't matter. Yeah. yeah. It's a shame though. So I want to see William Danielson come in singles in. matches really, but I suppose it's something for them to do, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I never really liked William Regal, the wrestler, but I always didn't mind him as a manager, actually. Uh, I always think he quite works as a manager. Um, I never liked him as a wrestler personally. Um, I appreciate his you tell me he's quite technically quite good, but um, yeah, that I mean that 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 for me would be why the finish was as it was. I think um, that it did again. It didn't really matter, um, but yeah, this 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 is this is the start of of you know as I said to you, the crowd. This started during Punk MJF. Um, I I accept it carrying on during Britain Rosa. But they didn't even give this. They just had nothing. And I mean, we've got two matches left, and uh, we could. I'll, I'll touch upon them in the next two as well. But um, from me, for the match, I put recommend. I, I thought it was good. I thought it was good. It just the, the blood thing was irritating, but I just accepted it had to be there. Um, yeah. And, but yeah, I, I, look. The, the, at the end of the day, the ending sets it up for future stuff, and you know, we'll see where it goes. But I, I think that's your next tag team champions right there. So uh, what we had next was a match which I forgot was even on the card, this is, and I don't think it should have been. Andrade and Matt Hardy and Isaiah Cassidy versus Sting, Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara. At this point in the show, we'd already seen a spotty tag match with six people in it. We'd seen weapon shots, we'd seen blood. So I just don't know why this was needed on the pay-per-view. Um, and of course, you couldn't have a match without some interference. Butcher and Blade came out at 7 minutes and 20. So did Mark Quinn. And this ended up with Sammy and Isaiah, Sammy and Isaiah coming off the top of the staging area through a table with a Spanish fly in a move that was so, so, so stupid. Sammy came down knee first in what looked like a very nasty bump. Why are you doing this in a throwaway six-man tag? Um, in, a, in a death spot on a pay-per-view, insanity. And if, you're t- if you want more insanity, 
Sting jumped off a ledge in the crowd through Andrade, who was on on a table and on top of two others. The crowd, the, the awful, useless crowd, ate it up. But for a sixty-year-old with neck issues, this was a huge turnoff for me. Why has he been allowed to do this? Sting does not need to do this. I think it's an. I think it was an absolute disgrace. Um, Alan Darby Allen got the pin in thirteen twenty-one with a coffin drop. They actually missed on Matt Hardy. I didn't like it, and I'm not rating it. Dan, what did you think of this? Dan's, dis- Dan's got no sound. We've got no sound, unfortunately, from Dan. Um, Mark, you, you jump in. What did you think of it? Um, well, I was going to start with the Darby Allen video before uh, the match. Uh, he does one of these before most of his pay-per-view matches, I believe. And they're always really well made. But I have never, not once, understood what we're supposed to take away from them. I did. Um, I missed this. I must have been in the toilet. So you have to explain. The meaning to me behind saw. it, the symbolism. I'm sure it's all very clever, but yeah, I, I don't get it. And then he just comes out, and it's a normal entrance. Um, I didn't like the look of a chair shot and did to the back of Darby's head. Yeah, um, that followed a sequence where Darby and Sting had spent quite a while double teaming Andrade's manager for a couple of spots. I don't know why that left Sammy to brawl with all three of their actual opponents. Andrade looked gigantic, filled to the gills with the yeah, special protein shakes. Protein shakes, yeah. Um, that uh, Spanish fly from Sammy, yeah. I, I thought it looked amazing. I, I didn't, I wasn't as against it as you were, but the timing of it couldn't have been any more ridiculous. Literally seconds before Sting did the spot of the night, yeah. which everyone was going to remember. Um, so it, it you don't need was those forgotten two, about do you? as quickly as it happened. Yeah. Absolutely not. Um, my only real interest in the match going in was whether Jeff Hardy was going to turn up. Uh, he's mm. done interviews in the last week or two saying he's heading there. I thought, what other reason would you have Matt Hardy on pay-per-view in 2022 unless his brother's coming? Um, and then when Butcher and Blade started stacking tables beneath a big balcony, I took that as confirmation he's definitely coming. Mm. Um, so... Uh, I actually thought, rather than being annoyed he wasn't there, I thought it was an excellent piece of business when it was Sting who took the big dive. Um, I can't have been the only one who thought Jeff's coming. Um, and surely nobody expected Sting of all people, especially when tagging with known risk takers like Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara, it was Sting that was going to do the balcony dive. I thought it looked relatively safe. Obviously, you know, he's jumping off a balcony through splintered wood. It's not safe, but... It was a nice flat fall. He, 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 land, he connected flat and he landed on the floor flat after it. Um, I would say of all the long-term booking decisions AEW have done over time, I would put the way they've used Sting at very near the top of their list of achievements. I think he's been booked perfectly to shine at just the right time in all of his matches. They've had no waste out of using him at all and they've resisted the temptation to use him too much. Um, I enjoyed this more than the six-man anything-goes brawl they had at the Full Gear pay-per-view. But as the Young Bucks weren't in this one, it won't get five stars from you-know-who. Um, my verdict is recommend. It's good. So, Dan, over to you. What did you think of this uh, this six-man match? Um, just before the match, um, just wanted to bring something up, <clears throat> something else that angered me. <laughs> Okay, I don't know why I'm getting agitated with so many things. Um, 
Tony done a promo pre-match for future shows. I don't know if you noticed during the whole pay-per-view, there was a lot of ticket-selling promos, um, future promos. And Tony done one, and it really reminded me, this bit didn't annoy me, but it really reminded me of Mid-South, you know, Mm. where now when we're watching it and they do the, you know, they spend more time telling you about what's going to happen in the future rather than what you're watching. Yeah. Um, which angers me quite a lot. But on that, they mentioned that Sammy will be taking on Scorpio Sky and the Streak. Um, yes. Oh, yeah, I know yeah. And the Streak is that, is that he hasn't lost in a year. Okay? So he has lost, but he's just not lost in a year. Okay? Mm, okay, Right. I just needed that promo mentioned, so because I've got a few other instances here where I'm wondering why. Because Sting I went come as out. Far as to, uh, I, sorry, Dan. I went as far as to check yeah. online, and um, yeah, in that year, Scorpio has wrestled on TV. Take away the YouTube stuff, he's wrestled on TV five times in one year. Yeah, and they called it the streak. Sting yeah. come out. He's undefeated in a year as well, <laughs> but like. Like, what, what is this? Like, honestly, this push with Dan Lambert's push is killing me. Is he, is he famous? He must be massive. Is he really big in America? Uh, he's, no. He's I painful. I wouldn't say so. And to push Scorpio Sky. Then Scorpio Sky and, and it, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page have had their chances. It's not like they haven't had any chances. They've had title matches all the time. Like, painful. Anyway, they called it the streak. So Sting's undefeated in the year. He's also on a streak. Stay tuned for future people that should be called the streak. Um, so uh, I mentioned before William Regal, I said he works as a manager for me. Talk From going from a manager that does work to one that doesn't, out comes the AHFO, probably the worst stable, <laughs> the worst current stable in wrestling. I've mentioned before, I put on Twitter, I haven't, but my mate, my mate's put on Twitter that, um, that uh, is it the worst faction ever? Um, I appreciate, okay, I got a few comments back about other people, but this has got to be up there. This is awful. <laughs> what a terrible faction. And to be on a pay-per-view as you started with him, no. I know why they're in this slot, because it's the it's the dead man slot. You know what's this slot. Good, put them on it, right? However, I would say one thing. Slot before the main event, Putting an, a, a, a novelty match on, I'm good with that. I'm happy with that. And actually, I thought, I thought they got, they actually got the crowd a little excited. Oh yeah, at times. it's useless uh, crowd. But it got them going. So they obviously they're into dustbins and and things like that. But, but also the wrestlers were fighting them in amongst them, right? So it 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 got the crowd going, um, which is an achievement in itself. As we as we've said, um, not one of Derby's best videos, pre-match videos. What was that? What I didn't was the see it. So going? I don't know. You didn't see it. No, I was out making what, a coffee. You... I think. Mark, did you? See uh, it? Yeah, um, I, I did say to Steve while you were offline for a minute there. Um, th- these videos he does them before most of his pay-per-view matches, and I think they're always really well made and well put together. I have never, yeah. not once understood what we're supposed to take from them, what the meaning is, what whether it's symbolism and we're supposed to get something from it. I don't know what we get. But there they are. I 
mean, this one, the bloke just the bloke just stood there and just went, why are you so crazy? And then it followed up with a very average coffin drop. Uh, and then Tony, uh, Tony Schiavone went, I can answer that. Yes. What? What are you talking about? Why are you so crazy? I can answer that. Yes. <laughs> yes, what? That is, uh, honestly, what is going on? What is going on? Um, great user bins, railings, double teams, that's all that. See that Darby's now calling his coffin drops in the corners, coffin splashes. Um, assume it's the, the stinger splash. Um, yeah, the Sammy bit. Why would Isaiah Cassidy remain motionless? Why Sammy bigs up himself up to the crowd? You're just. It, this happened the other week, didn't it, with uh, Adam Cole? But he didn't move. Do you remember that? I, I pass, pass. Not sure. When he got thrown. Oh, off. when um, Orange Cassidy he looked like he bear hugged he... him and the, took the big. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That was when um, the undefeated Adam Cole lost the match through the week. Yeah, and then he then yeah. slotted into a world title challenge. Brilliant. Yeah. So he gets Sammy to. I mean, it's a, I thought. I mean, I can see you guys thought it was a bit unnecessary, but the the bit for me is. Like, why are you staying still? But like I said earlier, Mark, like, you should be struggling. Like, he's not knocked you out. Like, come on. I, um, I just look, though, I, I like, Mark, I agree with you. What they've done with Sting. The guy's incredible. The more I see vintage stuff of this guy, the more I see of him in A&W, I respect him more. I want to see more. I said before, I grew up and he was like, the, if you like Sting, that means you like WCW. Like, I'm WWF. I can't like Sting. Not, not, never going to like Sting. That's that's not the rules. That's not what I do. He's a budget this. He's a budget that. I was a boy. I apologise, Sting. Okay? Yeah. I apologise. If you're listening to this, I apologise, right? <laughs> I'm the sure guy, he is. Everything I watch is 62. Like, it's mental. Tell you what it made me think, right? Given what we talked about and some of the bad stuff we've seen see, uh, yesterday evening. What are your thoughts on this? Bear with me. What are your thoughts on a Vets title? Now, for oh. uh, that, now what I'm saying, <laughs> bear with me. I'm saying maybe you're over 50s, yeah? It's a novelty, right? So special matches or pay-per-view, yeah? And you could have Sting v. You could have Sting v. Jericho in this match. You could have... I'm not, you're, you're automatically thinking they're whipping out... You're, yeah, you're thinking they're whipping out 70-year-olds. If this is a novelty, pay-per-view, everyone can get their little kick about old school. Oh, he's back. Oh, and then they fight themselves. So they're in their own little thing. We don't have to then have Sting fighting a 22-year-old and then going, that wouldn't happen. It's unrealistic. Because we appreciate that some of these guys can still wrestle, but they shouldn't be wrestling where they are. Give them their own little... But can they not still wrestle because they're wrestling against young people? And if they wrestle against old people, it'd be absolutely awful. Well, this is the Vets belt, mate. <laughs> and also, wasn't the Vets belt the WCW World Championship between about 1996 and Ooh. 2001, basically? Wrestling, wrestling banter there. Yeah, a bit of wrestling banter. Uh, I'm firmly I, honestly, against the Vets I think, belt. I think, it could, I, I, think it, I think it could take off. Mark, what are you thinking? You I'd, I'd like to see Sting wrestle against the likes of Jericho and, and Dustin Rhodes. I can answer yes. I, I don't think yes. they need a title created for them to wrestle for. They can just well, well, it's the future. It's, it's literally a, the future. It's the past, but the future. That it's not sense? a belt. It's a gold. It's a gold and diamond encrusted Zimmer frame that they'd be fighting for. Um, what is oh, your rating anyway. on this? So I want um, to get on to the main just, event. 
I would just say one thing. I thought um, Andrade actually didn't to do look come out of it too badly. Um, Matt Hardy, on the other hand, I've just put this guy. Like, what do you need now? Another gimmick? There's only one thing that's going to save this guy, and that's bringing his brother over. Yeah. Otherwise, he's done. Bye bye. You're finished now. And it's nothing against his wrestling ability. It's just he's tried everything. I don't even get half the gimmicks. Like, since when has he got money? Um. Anyway, um, I put, but because I like these sort of matches, I put it was all right. Recommend. And and I also on here crowned Sting as the new veteran champion. Best champion. So, best champion. There we go. Um, right. Okay. Here we go. The main event: Hangman Adam Page versus Adam Cole for the AEW World Title. Um, heading into this, we we touched this. I was a bit perplexed as to why they had Orange Cassidy beat Adam Cole. Um, just before Cole was slotted into the world title feud. And the fact that it was unsanctioned doesn't mean anything. People still remember it happened. Uh, and I thought it made Cole a bit weak on the challenger side, actually. Um, there were a huge uh, let's go Adam's chance to start the match, followed by let's go Adam, Adam sucks. And later we want Adam. And I thought this started out funny, but then got a little bit grating from this useless crowd. Um, at 18 minutes and 22 seconds, Red Dragon appeared and distracted Paige, which led to him eating a super kick and a Panama sunrise on the floor. Paige managed to kick out after a low blow with the ref distracted again. Um, Panama sunrise and boom knee. Uh, I've got that around the wrong way. Kicked out of that, basically. Um, the crowd were doing proper back and forth chants by this point, and we're into it. Cole hit two super kicks, dropped the knee pad, but Paige, basically going back to it a bit I messed up, was that Adam Page kicked out of... Um, a low blow Panama sunrise and the boom knee, but without the knee pad pulled down, which the, which the commentators made a point of um, kind of drawing attention to. Um, so back into this, crowd were into it. Cole hit two super kicks and dropped the knee pad, but Page came back with a huge clothesline. He went for the buckshot lariat, but ate a great super kick. Cole hit two super kicks and Hangman dropped down to avoid the boom knee. On the outside, Red Dragon set up a table and Cole ended up being dead-eyed through it albeit it looked like Paige's knees made the connection. We then got the Dark Order came out, and I wondered whether I was watching WCW in 2000 or AEW in 2022. Red Dragon and the Dark Order brought around ringside and, and to the back. Paige got Cole back in, hit the buckshot lariat, but couldn't make the cover, cover quick enough. And Cole moved basically before the pin and ended up getting his fingers on the ropes to break up the fall. Paige took his belt off and then strapped Cole's wrist to the top rope which I thought was a great baby face move. And this was harking back to the angle they had on Dynamite a, few, a week or so ago. Page then hit three kicks, super kicks to booze before Cole fired back. He freed himself, walked straight into on the super kick. Page then lowered his own knee pad and hit the boom knee himself, slid to the outside and hit the buckshot lariat for the win in 25 minutes and 42 seconds. And shockingly, an AEW pay-per-view main event was overbooked but they still just about did enough to keep this in the recommend category for me. Um, I was actually quite hoping that Cole would win the title here as I haven't been all that enamoured with Paige's champion so far, albeit his match quality has been good, um, actually good to great, but something isn't quite connected for me. And I think that's probably down to his booking and presentation. Um, Paige shook Cole's hand um, basically after the pinfall while Cole was laying recovering or li lying recovering. That makes sense. Um, yeah, that's it for me on this. Recommend. Mark, what did you think of the title match main event? Um, a few things early on. Um, I don't know if you noticed Hangman's gear. There's uh, a lot of talk online today that there was some meaning behind it. 
Um, he was wearing a lot of rainbow colours, and I believe it was last week uh, a new law, a new bill was passed in the state of Florida where there were uh, the uh, "Don't Say Gay" bill, where uh, school teachers aren't allowed allowed to reference um, homosexuality or trans. Um, Things but the school. box had the box had a multicolor on as well, Mark. So ah, oh, I missed, I missed the box wearing it. But, um, yeah, I know uh, Hangman is a former school teacher, so I'd like to think that was a conscious decision he made there. And That's great. Nice touch. Um, I, like we mentioned earlier, Jr. pointed out early on that Hangman, like Britt Baker, had a new AEW title belt, but uh, he didn't. Um, <laughs> Adam Cole was referred to as being unbeaten. This unsanctioned thing is absolutely ridiculous. They've done it. The same thing with Britt Baker hasn't lost for however long, but Thunder Rosa did beat her um, in an unsanctioned match. And but not only that, he'd lost. I believe it was only a month ago. Um, Adam Cole lost a, a TV main event. Uh, he got noticeable booze during his introduction, and I wasn't sure whether that was due to their love of Adam Cole or whether they're just not buying pages world champion, main event guy. Um, I thought that there was a pop-up powerbomb in the middle of the uh, match onto the apron. It looked absolutely brutal. Mm. Um, but then it was followed by Paige's usual moonsault from the top rope to ringside, which did look great, but less brutal. I felt like he'd done those two spots out of order, maybe. Um, in the middle of a pay-per-view main event world title match, it was an odd time for Jim Ross to ask, Excalibur, what the difference is between a power bomb and a Liger bomb? Um, Just says what he wants. <laughs> Adam Cole's super kicking someone mid moon salt. I've seen that, that happen incredible. a few times in NXT. Yeah, I believe the first time I saw it was against Ricochet at one of the NXT takeovers. It always looks fantastic that spot. Um, the crowd were booing Hangman as he tied Cole to the rope using his belt. I didn't know about that. Was a callback to a previous. Uh, segment on Dynamite. Um, there were more boos when Page hit Cole with his own knee to the head finishing move, but they still were popped positively, I thought, for the match ending bookshop lariat. Um, overall, I enjoyed it and my verdict is recommend. Daniel? Um, yeah, so the, the, obviously I, I saw the uh, and read about the Pages attire, Mark. Um, and yeah, it's very interesting and fair play to him for standing up. Dur during the week, what was... Um, I, I didn't quite get to the bottom of his tweets with Kane or whatever his real name is, but he had an issue with Kane as well during the week on Twitter. I think um, Kane was veering more towards um, being on the Russian side of things rather than... That's right, yeah. And uh, to which Page, I just think, re replied with a link to give... Yeah, to donate, um, for to the, relief, yeah. to donate um, which I also know is at mid-moments done, which uh, as Steve will know, is something quite close to, to me. So if you do want to uh, donate, um, please do. Without meaning to get too political, but I don't think it's very political um, to think you should be donating to Ukraine in this example. Um, the, what's the story about Adam Cole's wearing armour? Does anyone know that? I, I think it was a Halo. Like a... One of them said it was something to do with the video, because he's a big gamer. Uh, I think it's maybe the video game Halo, perhaps. Oh, okay. Okay, fine, fine. Um, you mentioned about Adam Cole, yeah, being unbeaten and stuff. They said he holds the longest active streak um, 
So, I mean, he's not, he doesn't hold the streak because that's Scorpio Sky. Okay. Just, <laughs> we just, I just want that confirmed. Yeah. Right. Says so he has the most active streak as opposed to what Scorpio Sky's non active streak, which actually could be correct. As Mark says, it's only five matches. Maybe that is, maybe that is what it is. But um, anyway, um, yeah, I mean, oh gosh, right. Right. The crowd. Okay. So as, Tony said they love the cowboy and they love saying bay bay. Yeah, I could tell. Yeah, the crowd like novelty. Um, there was a sign that said, let's go, Adam. I chuckled. Yeah, okay, good. Lost see what you've done there. Very clever. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a good joke. Yeah, well done. Then we got um, this is Adam instead of this is awesome. <laughs> That's really funny, yeah. And then fight <laughs> forever changed to fight for Adam. It's really good. Really good. And then in between them, Chance, and um, what you got was silence. Absolute silence. I heard the wrestlers talking to each other, the rest talking to each other. I even heard some members of the crowd laughing at like, like a little bit of chat and then someone laughing, but laughing like just one woman laughing. Like, <laughs> just like with her mate. Like, so, oh, oh, wow. Um, if you can't, they can't even get up for this. I, oh, anyway. Um, yeah, it just continued. Um, little quick question. Vertical base. The phrase a vertical base. Yeah. So JR said, you've got to get to their vertical base. Yeah. Got to hurt their vertical base. Where else is that used other than in wrestling? Um, maybe mixed martial arts, but I can't, I can't really think. Yeah. Vertical base. Where? What? What? The legs. <laughs> legs. Yeah. I've never seen like someone and just gone, oh, she's got some nice vertical base. Uh, there we go. Maybe I should start using it. Um, Adam Cole is 32 and Paige is 30, right? My question to you two is when do you go from potential to peak in wrestling? For me, it depends when you start. If, if, yeah. if you start late, you, you can be in your peak in your mid-30s or even 40. If you start early, your, your body's probably done. I'd say Adam Cole might be on the way uh, down in terms of... Um, Interesting. Possibly his body. So he's thirty. Yeah, I think he's he's been around for ages. I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if he's on probably on the way a little bit on the way down, but still very good. What do you what do you think on that, Mark? Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd I'd compare it more um, if you think in football terms. Uh, Michael Owen was the next big thing at eighteen. By sort of twenty five, his best days were long gone. Yeah. Compare that to someone like Jamie Vardy, who you know That's fair, got, yeah. okay. got to thirty and and he entered his peak at that point ten years after Michael Owen. Interesting. If our American listeners are familiar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I had to look at Jungle Boy because obviously he would definitely be seen as potential. He's 24, right? So okay, interesting. I just as, as, a bit like a bit like JR when he asked Excalibur the difference between a Liger bomb and a power bomb. I just like to ask you two questions. <laughs> All right. So great minds, great minds. Um I've always a real example of two men that know each other really well. Um, and I thought that come across. They knew what each other was going to do and defended, slashed, amended their performance accordingly, which is good. I, I thought it looked really good. I thought the Panama Sunrise outside was brutal. I love that little bit. Then you had the low blow, Panama Sunrise, the boom, and you're getting a two count. That really got me sort of going into it. Then you had the super kick medley and um, when uh, Paige dropped down to avoid the boom. I think it was that, that was that way around, wasn't it? Yes, Did he, yeah. he just sort of dived onto the floor. Um, thought that was really good. Um, JR 
hit me with a lovely bit of, I thought a lovely bit of commentary when he said Adam Cole is a sitting duck, but he's not quacking. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. I mean, that, that's when he was tied to the rope. Um, yeah, I mean, Paige retains a mad, mad super kick. That certainly looked like a tooth that flew out, which um, fortunately for Adam Cole, he can get that fixed when he gets home. Um, yes. For his lovely <laughs> girlfriend. So worst case scenario. Um, then the boom, then the buckshot. Um, I, I really liked the ending. I thought the ending sort of really picked up. Um, and, and, and it's the reason I give this a recommend. And I think my final question I've asked this after a few matches of you two is, is so where does, and, and I agree with you, this is a big win for Paige. Similarly to, I view Paige's title run a bit like Jurassic Express. It's gone a bit flat. Um, and I think the next, same with Jurassic Express and him, that the next, where they go now is massive. What, whatever the what creative's got now is really big for them because they, they both need something because something's not quite there. And they've both gone to pay-per-views and got big wins in decent matches. And, and I just wonder, do you, do you think Paige goes, you touched upon it earlier, the Punk might do someone in between, but do you think he goes straight to Punk? Or I mean, ultimately, for this belt, I think I, I, and I, you could have your... I, I, I know I've asked your opinion, I'm giving you mine, but Omega's going to come back and win it, and it's going to be a big thing, and he's going to turn up, and he's going to take it, and that's going to be the thing. But when that happens, I don't know. But let's not kid ourselves. He's coming back, and he's not coming back to be a no-mark. He's coming back, right? So, but there's going to be a... T- I don't think Paige loses to him, necessarily. I don't know. Yeah, what, I don't really do you know. Think? I think Paige... But there's got... going to be a gap. Yeah, Paige has got an interim feud with somebody. And I, I can't I can't think of who that will be. What, 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 have you got any ideas, Mark, on that? Not really. I, I, I do see Punk being next. I, I did wonder if... Um, is there going to be a turn on the horizon? See a heel CM Punk go against the babyface hangman? I think that'd be I think that'd work a lot punk. better than um, babyface yeah. versus babyface. I think that having a baby face that people get behind is such a hard thing. Like Punk's, Punk's po- I know not many people will see this, but Punk's post-event scrum thing was unbelievable. Like the guys in tears talking about like how like grateful he is to be back and all this sort of stuff. And talking about how, how so thankful he is to have Tony Khan and all this stuff and like the Ring of Honor library not ending up in Vince's hands and talking about Bret Hart and like crying his eyes out about how much he loves Bret and like he'd give it all up to give it to Bret. Like it's just, it's, he's a like bloody hell. Like you just got to keep this guy, baby. You will have to, t- you probably will end up turning him here at some point. But I think you've got the greatest heels WWE ever had. Exactly. But I think you've got, I think you've got to ride this baby face. I think they went, they went heel with Danielson too early, actually. I think you've got to ride the baby face thing with him as long as you possibly can. Do do you go, does it go, does it go punk beating Paige and then Omega comes back and ends the year taking on punk? Possibly. I mean, I don't know what they'll do. They can do punk and Paige. What would that do? What would that do for pay-per-view buyers? Yeah. Omega Punk, what would that do for pay-per-view buys? The thing is, Dick. the thing with Punk and Page, you could, I, I could see them doing that. I don't know. I would like to see them do that on on uh, a pay-per-view, but you, I, they, they do stuff like draws and you know someone gets involved or whatever, so they can have that match on a dynamite in six six to eight weeks or whatever, and have someone come in and attack Punk, and that takes Punk off someone. I wouldn't do that. I mean, I think one of the one of the big problems 
and, and things I would change, and I'm hoping that we might be part of this in the UK, is I think there should be more than four pay-per-views. Four pay-per-views is not enough. It needs to be minimum six because you're leaving money on the table with some of these matches and the creative doesn't need to be drawn out as much as this. Um, you know, they need they need to get a combination of these matches. Like they didn't do Danielson and Page on pay-per-view. They didn't do Omega and Danielson on pay-per-view. That is madness. That is, that is you're throwing money away. You're putting money down the drain because they are, um, perhaps you wouldn't say that Page and Danielson's a dream match, but Page and Omega is a legitimate, bona fide dream match all day long. And they did it on Dynamite. But then they could do the rematch, I guess, on pay-per-view, but we'll, we'll see. Um, uh, sorry, Dad, what did you rate that? Was it recommend your last one for that? Yeah, recommend, yeah. Yeah, recommend, right. yeah. So let's do let's do final thoughts on the show and, and a rating out of ten. We will get out of here and I, so I can get to bed. Um, I'll go first and say I'll give the show a seven point two five out of ten. I felt it could have been and should have been a little bit better. And some of that is on the length of the show, including that pre-show, which you don't need an hour pre-show of pay per view, um, and the sapping of the energy out of the crowd. Um, a little bit on the on the match order, and I just think the crowd perhaps you know weren't that weren't that great in the first place. Um, Mark, why don't you go first? What's your final thoughts and your final score? Your, fi- your final score? What's your score out of 10? I'd, I'd say around 7 out of 10. Um, there was a lot of good on the show. There was nothing really bad on it. Um, my only issue coming out, out of the show was it didn't feel like any of the outcomes felt like something bigger is on the horizon. Besides MJF versus Wardlow, it seems like the tag team champions haven't got anything coming up. Both women's champions haven't got anything coming up. Um, Hangman really hasn't got anything now he's beaten his latest challenger but um, it was just that that thing with CM Punk gesturing um, the belt it makes me think uh, that's next for both of them and I think that'd mm. be a good main event of uh, Double or Nothing There's going to be a big reset on Wednesday isn't there now because apart from MJF and Wardlow you've got nothing really though, uh, though, though, though Rosa I believe is going to challenge Britt Baker on that St. Patrick's Day show in, in her hometown I think she's got to win a match on Dynamite to get there so they're going to continue that but everything else absolutely agree it feels like a, a complete reset is coming on and I suspect Wednesday's Dynamite will probably be a pretty interesting show and Dan what would you give this out of 10 and what are your final thoughts? So I've done 7 as well um, <laughs> solid show um, I didn't know. I didn't notice it was four hours. Mm. Um, you know, it, when we when we break it down match by match, but I didn't know it's four hours. Um, but a couple of things: the crowd of we all spoke about. Um, no title changes um, is something for me. Where you know we just said there a lot of a lot of the um, storylines have come to an end. And a lot, most of them without a title change or without anything of note. And actually, when you look at it like that, the title change just gives you that extra bit of excitement. And look, I'm mm. not saying you should have to have them, but, you know, I never see them changing. They never look like they're going to change on a Dynamite. There's plenty of title. They do so many title matches on Dynamite and Rampage, and it never changes. And the reason I think it never changes is because you're waiting for the pay-per-view. Yeah. You get to the pay-per-view and it don't change, and you wonder, well, when are these things going to change it wasn't a super uh, newsworthy show when you think about it actually apart from Regal's debut yeah. and Wardlow's turn there isn't much coming out of it is there actually no, thinking about it there's nothing exactly yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think you've got this I think we've raised as well you know there's a lot of questions to be raised about the women's division they put two matches on um, and they're the two weakest matches on the card um, you know 
tell you what I would do, given given uh, given what I've seen of WWE and their and their their use of a certain individual, Mark. I, I think your your mate they should throw money and get your mate over. Um, she she's being de- certainly not being used over there. Oh, um, that would really shake things that. up. How but many? Anyway, do, do you have um, any idea what her contract situation is, Mark? I don't, to be honest. No, no. I have no idea. But I think if she, she missed a bit of time again um, at the back end of last year. There's a new series of The Mandalorian coming out this year. I think if she's in that third series as she was in the second one, she's just going to, her profile's keep going to keep raising. Mm. And I think it's going to, yeah. I, I could be wrong because I'm such a fan of Sasha. We're talking about Sasha Banks, by the way, people. Um, <laughs> I was about to say, we're just assuming it. Everyone's because just assuming I'm such a fan of hers, I, I believe WWE aren't going to realise what a big deal she is until it's too late and she'll mm. start calling the shots. I think if she starts getting movie roles on the back of this, now she's in with Disney and the Star Wars folks, I think then all of a sudden they might find some decent slots for her on their cards. Yeah. Great. Sorry, Dan, back to you. Yeah. But so, yeah, so I think that, but ultimately, as we say, it's a good show. It's left... It's left. It's closed a few doors. A few doors that needed to be closed. Let's, let's also just establish that some storylines need to end. Um, but there is a big few weeks coming up, and one of Steve, I know one of your big gripes is that one thing that the promotion doesn't always do great is the couple of weeks after a pay per view. Yeah, it tends to struggle. And this, this, these two weeks are, I think, bigger than any other of the two weeks after any of the other ones because, like you say. It's not really left anything. Normally, yeah, it's yeah. got a nat- they've got the- it's- they've got natural ways to go. This is all. It's like that. To be honest, every feud is starting fresh. They could go anywhere they want here, and it's a big. And maybe they needed it. It's a big reset, and I'm and, and, and I'm excited, but also a little worried because you thing, can get it very yeah. very wrong. The thing that we haven't talked about as well at all is that um, I saw Dave Meltzer tweeted about like what's your over under on pay per view buys. I actually don't think this show will have done very well on pay per view. And I'm basing that that the TV ratings aren't amazing at the moment. The rating for Punk and MJF's long match was really, really bad. And I just wonder how much is actually connecting this promotion. I think Dynamite, um, Rampage's debut has really diluted Dynamite, I think. Um, and I, I do just wonder what, you know, what's coming next. I mean, they're not in any trouble. You know, they, 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 they you know, t- um, TBS and Wharton. Um, Turner are very happy with them, but they only did nine hundred sixty-six thousand last week for the the, the leading to a pay per view. We'll see whether that, that should be over a million this week. But yeah, I don't get the feeling this is going to be huge business. Certainly not nothing like the um, exploding barbed wire death match was um, a year ago. No way. Um, that is it. Thank you very much for both appearing on the show. We will be back next week with our normal Mid South Television review, and that's the penultimate episode before the UWF name change. Plus our special WrestleMania 18 watch along with Mark and Stu. Until then, thank you very much for listening and we shall speak to you all again very, very soon.